podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, welcome people to episode 412 of Film Bastards. We're back. We're back after after a impromptu um, missed week. Uh, so yeah, we're back uh, and we have films. We have films to talk about, don't we? Yeah. Who am I joined by? You're being very aggressive with your pointing. I'm pointing at people. I'm just pointing at me. I'm pointing at everything. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I joined by? Oh, me, Becky. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and Ian Loring. Hello. Uh, yes, uh, we are... Yeah, that like I said, we, we we missed last week. That was uh, my work's fault. I was in Portsmouth. Portsmouth. Yes. With all the boats. With all the boats. Yes, a man terrified of boats. The mere sight of them um, terrifies him. Uh, and so I was sent to a, a port town to work in a shopping centre. On a marina. On a marina. Yeah. Did you yeah. meet a boat? I didn't meet a boat. No. Uh, what I did have though is I was kind of like went for a bit of a wander around the shopping centre on the uh, second day I was there, just to kind of like have a bit of a look and see what's there, get a bearings a bit. One round, turned left to walk down, started walking down and was like, what the fuck? No, 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 no. Turned back round and realised I was walking towards the harbour marina bit. You had a close encounter with a giant anchor, didn't you? I had a close encounter with a giant anchor, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm in the car. I've set off at like six in the morning to be like the five and a bit hour that end up in a seven-hour car journey uh, down to Portsmouth. Um, and I, I'm very cl- I'm basically in Portsmouth. I'm about five minutes away from, from getting to the, the start. And um, I'm at traffic lights. And I look left um, of me. And I'm not joking. On a flatbed, there is an anchor the size of a fucking house. Did it scare you? It terrified me because my brain basically went, hang on a minute. I've seen a normal anchor and I've seen the size of the boats they go on. How fucking big is the boat that that goes on? And so that was what hit me in my head. Pretty, pretty damn big. It, it, it is, yeah. Do you actually literally have to drive through the sea to get to Portsmouth? What? Oh. Yeah, you literally have to drive along like a piece of road where it is the seas on either side of it yeah no i'd like that you wouldn't because i'd be driving and i'd be just looking forward going like this ah will you want a bridge i'm capable of driving no why am i with you what maybe i've just gone to portsmouth on my own oh you have a great time i will i'll go look at boats (laughs) fine do that go to the gun walkie yeah that's fine were you, were you on a bridge, Mark? It wasn't. No, it's not a bridge. That's what I thought. You see, it's not a bridge. Hang on. No, no, no. All right. Describe. No. There... So what it is, there is uh, there is a bit of road that is there, um, and there is a bridge, but the road doesn't go over the bridge. Because I thought this and was like, well, hang on a minute. How can it be in the middle of the sea? Surely you've just cut off part of the sea. Yes. But it isn't. Further up, there is a bridge where it goes out from there. But that isn't where the road is. The road comes from a different part. You're still is, not is explaining it. Level below the road level. What? Is sea level below the road level? Or is it like. Uh, li- literally, it's not far off level. Oh. 
Yeah. That's still a bridge, though. It, it's, not, it's not a bridge, though. Right, but if it's a... But it's, it's not going underneath it. It, it's not, it doesn't go underneath it. It's a road that runs through the sea. It's like a pier or a road. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Like that. Okay, without, I you were terrified. Without one. <laughs> so, okay, so you're above the sea. Yes. And you're tri- right. Because you were making it sound like you'd fucking parted the sea. I No, not quite that, but not far off. But yeah, it, it, that was that was weird. It was odd. I'm not going to lie. It scared me. Can I ask, when you came to Wales for my wedding, you took the train, didn't you? No, no, we drove. You drove. All right. Because I was going to say, like, if you were coming from Bristol and you have the couple of minutes where you are under, like, where essentially you're going along, like, what would be the Seven Bridge, but, like, under the sea. Like, would you just scream the entire time? Yeah, probably. Time? probably. It I, is I, a I, bit disconcerting. Like, I try not to think about it when I'm doing... So, like, when I took the train um, back uh, a couple of weeks back from um, seeing you guys, I, 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 went, I did that, and I try not to think about it. I'd much rather a train track that just goes across by the Seven Bridge. But no. You're under the 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 seven chan uh, like crossing. That's yeah, very unnerving. See from the Little Mermaid while you're doing it. Does that not make you feel better? No, I internally scream. <laughs> I would externally scream. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't I like it. Might go on trains. I, I, yeah, imagine that. A train and the sea. I'll tell you what, though, next time you come to Wales, if you have to go across the Severn Bridge, you don't have to pay a toll anymore. Amazing. <laughs> Even though it always made me laugh that you got you had to pay to get into Wales, but you didn't have to pay to get out of Wales. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bit odd, actually. Yeah, it is a bit odd. Uh, so what have we got this week, guys? What have we got? Loads of shit. Well, we have, uh, we have Candyman. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally happened. Um, we have reminiscence. Uh, we, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we do have reminiscence. I'm Maybe. sure Ian watched it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, we have the night house. Yeah. I feel like so long ago now. Um, yep. <laughs> and, and we have bird with the crystal plumage, uh, as voted for by our patrons. Uh, remember, guys, you can subscribe to extra content on. Patreon slash Film Bastards and we are Patreon.com slash Film Bastards. Sorry. That's what I said. Uh, wow. We are a Chaotic pod syndicate. Uh, pod, this, I thought this is quite, this is not bad for me. Podcast. We're nearly through it, Becky. Just let him finish. <laughs> Other pod syndicate podcasts include The Rewatch Project, Shindrek versus Punter, The Iron Sequel, His Film, Her Movie, Entertainment Landfill and other bits and bats. Bats. <laughs> Yeah, so we've got bits of bats this time. Fuck off. <laughs> um, so, yes, so there we go. That's what we're going to chat. Any news, Ian? So, uh, a new Expendables Universe film has been announced, uh, which is Sylvester Stallone is going to be in it, but apparently Jason Statham will be playing the main character. And apparently it is titled The Christmas Story. 
<laughs> I am very upset. It's Stallone's directing to get this one again, isn't he? I believe so. I, I believe, believe so. From from because Stallone's been kind of like in the background, but uh, has been teasing this for about a year and a half. Um, and I believe that Stallone has written this, and Statham, I think, might have a co-writing credit on this. That's terrifying. That's um, fucking incredible, is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and I think Stallone is set to direct this. Um, yeah. I, do you know what? I, I enjoyed the Expendables movies. Um, there'll be a lot of sniping, etc., about it. But the Expendables movies were, especially the first one, were quite popular. I think that the issue the Expendables had is they released three of them too close to each other. Do we not need another one? Is what I would say. Oh, I don't know. I don't know whether that kind of macho reactions just maybe have its time for now. I disagree. Okay. Vehemently. I think it's maybe exactly what we need. Okay. Maybe we haven't had enough of that. Is that, right? yeah. Is that why we're going wrong? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe that um, Tony Yar is back, but as a different character. Great. Uh, you can't just do that. Yeah, you can. Unless he's like his the other character's twin brother. Well, well, let me just let me just check to make sure what I'm about to say is not complete nonsense. So <laughs> no guarantees, guys. No guarantees. Um so originally in the Expendables 2, Jean-Claude Van Damme's character was called, let me just check this, was called um Jean Villain, right? That's right. John the villain. Yeah, John the nice. villain. Okay. John Villain, right? Ah. Now, the Expendables 3 was supposed to be, the main villain in that was supposed to be his twin brother. Can you guess what he was going to be called? Claude Villain? He was going to be called Claude Villain. Wow. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Brilliant. I, I, honestly, that is I, all I was doing, checking there was the names. I know the other bit of that to be absolutely correct because it's in, uh, I think, the special features for number three. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nice way that was put it, that, that Stallone literally puts it, was that Van Damme just asked for too much money. <laughs> um, and Van Damme actually has corroborated this and has said, yeah, yes, I, did, I did too much money. <laughs> Oh, I great. chanced it and went for it, and it backfired terribly on me. Fuck it out. That's good. That's uh, good. But but there is a good chance that because uh, Stallone has said, you know, there wasn't a disagreement with this. There wasn't a falling out or anything like this. Um, and I said, you know, that in in fur, if we do further films, Claude Valade could appear in them. Nice. <laughs> I love how your point had nothing to do with Tony R. No, there was somebody else. There was somebody else that was coming back to it. Um, Randy Couture. It's a different character. It might be Randy Couture, actually, yeah. But, but there's, another, there's somebody else coming back who's been in it previously. He's coming back as a completely different character. See, that, see this is why people mock these films, though. Right, yeah. It is. No, it's not. Because it's that's a stupid thing to do. Why? Unless they're playing the twin sibling of their selves. There's been people in Marvel films who've played dual characters. 
on my mind right now, but I'm sure it's <laughs> happened. <laughs> uh, I mean, that Gemma Chan who played an alien in Captain Marvel so they can make her look like a human and she can be the lead in Eternals. Yeah, there's somebody else. There's somebody else that played two yeah, different. Yeah, well, that is was it? in like heavy makeup, wasn't it? She still well, exists. She still exists, she Becky. Just looking like Gemma Chan. Yeah, I mean, you 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 stated something, and I came up with an alternative, and you didn't say that makeup was a factor. So Your fuck you. Bobbins, Ian. <laughs> Absolute bobbins. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, believe, yeah. I, I think there's somebody else. There was no. There was somebody else that was in two of them. That was one of the bad dudes. Um, in one of them, and then was one of like Thor's mates in another one. Oh fuck me! All right, you got me thinking now. Is it Craig Fairbrass something like that? Is Craig it? Fairbrass? Or somebody like that? Somebody with a name? <laughs> oh my god! Just the way you said that, Ian, so disgusted and like scandalised. It's somebody. <laughs> I just of all the names, Craig Fairbrass. Craig Stevenson. Yes, that's definitely similar to. No, they're very similar-looking people. They're both London. Look. <laughs> they're both just London. Yes, they're very London-looking. Yes. Oh. I'm sure he was in two. He's in Thor Ragnarok as one character. Ray Stevenson. Yeah, he is in the four films, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't been in any other Marvel. Like, uh, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, like he's the he wasn't he the Punisher in one of the Punishers. That's it. Yeah. See. There yeah. It's not the MCU room. though, is it? In absolute shit. He was in two Marvel movies. Just saying. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean, a more obvious example would be Chris Evans. If you're going to go down that road. Yes, that would be. Yeah. He's been in loads of them. I mean, as Captain America though. No. But also, he was in the Losers. And he was also in not Marvel. But they don't count if they're not MCU. So shut up. Wow. No, but that. Yeah. Right. Punisher Wars is not MCU. I mean, Batman isn't MC anything. What? Batman could be an MC. He's well rich. Fuck me. Batman DC, you think? Batman? I know, but he could be an MC. <laughs> not in the MC, but he could be an MC. This isn't going well, album. guys. What? This isn't going well, guys. Mark's obviously got a warm brain. <laughs> Would you like a glass of orange juice to call you? Yes, please. <laughs> Any other news apart from the fact that, that Batman could be an MC? I mean, there hasn't been that much news, has there really? It's been fairly quiet. Uh, yeah, I mean, like Venice starts this week, so and I, I think Tell Your Right this is this week as well. So you know, I think everyone's in a bit of a. Great festival. How are these weekend, films going to pan out? Are they actually going to fucking? Pla- um, what was last week? Sorry. Right Fest was last week, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's not, it, it, it's a different type of film festival, but it was last week. Uh, and I've heard nothing about a single movie. No, <clears throat> no, no. I'll talk about one of them later on. You will, won't you? Yes. Is this an Ian watched it so we don't have to? <laughs> Yippee. <laughs> uh, right, fuck it, let's get a trailer. Then. You have? You watched the Spider-Man one? I don't know. I don't think I did. Well, that's I was waiting for you to get home to watch it with you, and then every time I've said, should we watch some trailers? Now we'll wait. We could watch some trailers. Now we'll wait. And then you started at 6, and I went home till 6.15. So. Spider-Man trailers happened. We'll talk about that in a minute. If you want to go watch, you watch Spider-Man trailer, we talk about the trailers that you haven't watched. Yeah, sure, yeah. Go on, then. 
Ian, have you watched the uh, final trailer for No Time to Die? I've watched both of them. There's a US one and an international one, and they're both quite different. Are they? <laughs> yeah. I believe I watched the US one. <laughs> there is, yeah. The So the US one has got some interesting extra line readings. Um, like the Rami Malek character kind of says something extra about his relationship with Leah Sadu's character, which I thought was interesting. Um, it, I mean, it just, these trailers feel like a statement of we're not fucking budging. It's actually happening this time. That's yeah. what they, that's what they feel like. You know, there's a, um, documentary about Daniel Craig's time as James Bond which is going to be on Apple TV Plus I think next week um all their all their fucking twitters are like one month to go one month to go it really does feel like it's it, it is going to happen now um I think the 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 success of free guy and candyman um I think have allayed the fears of films not doing very well suicide squad really fucking spooked like the industry well what's 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 kind of just to go slightly off, off yeah off, off, off a little bit from this is um so venom has been delayed hasn't it uh only to october there was yeah. there was rumor that it was going to be pushed to january and then that got debunked. So Venom, Venom was supposed to come out this weekend, wasn't it? Last weekend, just gone. Mm, no, I think it's a couple of weeks' time. Well, because the, the trailers literally are still there every week. So I've got another. I've had, I've had like a month of Venom trailer, yeah. and there's yeah. going to be another month of Venom trailer. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm just thanking God that they've chilled out on the No Time to Die trailers. Um, cause the, like when, after the first lockdown, when cinemas were back open for a bit, I swear to God, every single film had no time to die before it. Yeah. I, I, I think there's a possibility that I have seen the no time to die trailer more times than any other trailer. Maybe. Yeah. I would, or, or at least I've been in the room where it happened. Uh, <laughs> like just listening to a podcast or something while it played in front of me, but yeah, and but I mean, it, it does feel like now they've gone. Okay, Suicide Squad kinda tanked, um, even though in the UK it has done a lot better than Birds of Prey, which I think is interesting. Um, yeah. You know, it's internationally that film is not doing too badly. I think it is a real. Warner Brothers done fucked up with the HBO Max day and date thing. That that. All of the evidence is going day and date is a wrong one for if you actually want to make money in the box office. You know, if you want to give something a big screen release, you're not that bothered. It's more to satisfy the filmmaker. Fair enough. Day and date it. But if you actually want to make some money. So like Free Guy has been declining. Fuck all. Couple weeks back. It's second weekend in the UK. It dipped 7%. Yeah, which is which is nothing. Nothing. I think this weekend, I think it was like 20 something, which is still fuck all. Like that is, would be, that's a great hold. Yeah. The thing is, you, you know, you, you take 7%, you know, at any time is 
decent. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And then along with Candyman that did maybe about 10% better, but still better than its than its expectations were um, in the US. And now I think it's given Universal and MGM the confidence to go, no, No Time to Die is coming out. People have been waiting for it. We're going to give it theatrical exclusivity and they're going to they're going to make some good money. Whether they you know, they won't make the money that they would have if it was released pre-COVID. But everybody knows that. And it's either they release it now or if they wanted to make an extra couple hundred million, release it next year. But then in terms of like the interest payments that are due on um, like paying back the budget and the marketing deals that they have, they would probably lose that amount in fucking holding it. Yeah. So at this point, they they may as well just just go ahead and do it. And coming out where it is, they've got a good clear couple of weeks. You know, they've got two weeks in the UK until Venom. In the US, they've only got a week. But it also feels like Venom and No Time to Die could coexist. The 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 big worry will be Dune, which and sorry for tangenting a second, but in some territories is coming out in a couple of weeks time. Why the fuck is that not coming out in the UK in mid-September, two weeks before Bond or three weeks before Bond? And then like from October onwards, the marketplace is chocker. This month, it's like there's maybe one film of interest a week, maybe two. In October and onwards, that the films are going to be fucking fighting for places. I think it's bizarre that Dune is not coming out over here until um, late October. Bizarre. Yeah, weird. It is a weird one, isn't it? It's they are banking on everybody wanting to go to a warm, dry place called a cinema. And yeah, I just it's it's the same day as last night in Soho. Um. No, it's the same day as... Yeah, it is. That's it. Halloween Kills and Venom are the same day. No, Last Night in Soho is the week after. I need to look this up. There is something coming out the same day as Dune that feels like it's really... Going to be fighting for the same In audience. the same zone. And even, even with, like, your, your, your premium large screen, large format theatres, so your IMAX, your super screen, your, you know, things like that, it's going to be like an absolute fucking uh, uh, car crash of content, which is great for those who can like who go out to the cinema two, three times a week. But people who don't, are you going to like, I don't know. Uh, is it the last duel? No. So I'm, I'm sorry to cut myself off. Friday, the 15th of October, Venom, Halloween Kills, the last duel. Yeah, they're all, uh, they're all at the same week. Yeah. The week after, the 22nd, Dune, Dear Evan Hansen, Ron's Gone Wrong, this really good-looking animated film, French Dispatch, that was it. French Dispatch and Dune are out the same fucking day. And Jackass Forever. Right, this is a weekend. Jackass Forever, Boss Baby 2, The French Dispatch, Ron's Gone Wrong, Dear Evan Hansen, Dune. Fucking I mean, There's at least three of those we'll be seeing, isn't there? I mean, Boss Baby 2... I need questions answered. So obviously I'll be seeing it. But, you know, it's that is mental. 
I, you know, and then the week after that is last night in Soho. Like October is, I mean, I think the first week of October is relatively quiet because the week before you've had Bond. So yeah, Adam's Family 2 is literally the only release of note that week. And whether that's a release of note is up to you. Uh, but then the uh, 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 yeah and then the week after it just goes mental so coming back to my original point dune release that fucking thing in september and actually give it a shot yeah it, it does seem like with dune they're setting it up to fail a little little bit, bit. or or they are so fucking confident in it because I mean, like, apparently we'll, we'll see it plays in venice on friday but apparently it is f- cinematic as fuck and it just like you must see it in the cinema experience but you're gonna oh. like those people are also gonna want to watch the french dispatch that weekend they are yep. your blockbuster audience like may still want to catch venom if they saw halloween the week beforehand or the other way around you know halloween kills is playing venice so that must have something uh, about it as well it like you say, it's like they are actually doing it on purpose. Yeah, it's bizarre. The thing is, it, it, it's it, you, to make a to make the amount of money that Dune needs to make. It doesn't need to get the people that are already going to go and see Dune to go and watch it. It needs to get a blockbuster audience. Mm. You know, and that's not a, me turning my nose up at a blockbuster audience or anything like that. You know, blockbuster audiences are what. A, a what gives us things like Dune and uh, the MCU stuff uh, um, and other comic book movies that Becky will allow because they're not MCU. Um, Saying the character crossover. The- we've moved on, Becky. We've moved on. Um, so moving on from uh, from that, we'll move on to... Uh, Just real quick, actually, before we go on to the next trailer, what? I remember some really important news that we didn't cover, like really important news. What? Extended cut of Krampus is coming out. There is an extended cut of Krampus coming that out. That is yes. amazing. I'm well excited for Christmas now. Yeah. That better get a fucking release over here. Christmas Eve's gonna feel a little bit different. Not much, very slightly, but a little it's bit. Not Christmas Eve, we watch it. It's not it's September 23rd, we watch it. Oh, okay. Right. Can, can we hit? What, what what rating was Krampus in in the US? Was it a PG thirteen? Because that film's intense. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I think it might have been an R. Krampus US rating. Krampus, yeah. No, no I, mean, I said I mean, the US rating. Very important news to a very niche section of people, but it is very important news. I, I am looking forward to I'm I, I'm fascinated to find out not what extras in it because I will wait to watch that but just how much longer it is. Mm. Yeah. Where the fuck? Come on. Why is this so hard? PG thirteen. Wow. PG thirteen. Yeah. So let's have a full blooded R rated Krampus. Let's fucking go. Uh, the naughty cut. <laughs> it stars key dialogue and scenes that we trim from original throughout the piece the MPAA. And it's it's interesting that that is the only cut on the 4K disc. Yeah, yeah that's the only one that's going out. Which 
Uh, would it seem does, to give it, it does take it up from a PG thirteen to an R. Cool. Yeah, and I I imagine Michael Doherty is like, yeah, this is the version. This is the one to put out. And Scream Factory, they're a pretty good label with making sure they're doing that shit right. So uh, that is exciting. Very, very. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to find out how, how long it is, see if, see if we've got a time thing on the Shout Factory thing. Uh, Ian, uh, what's, what's your next trailer you've seen? Uh, Bruce Willis has done another one. Survive the game. Yes. Um, looks like he probably gets kidnapped in the first 10 minutes. You cut back to him every 15 minutes or so. And he's sat down. <laughs> and he, Yep. And then he shoots a gun at the end. <laughs> yeah, I, I did watch this. It, it's it's bare bones for fucking Willis. It, it, for even somebody like Bruce Willis that. Yep. Just, I, I, I doubt I will watch it. Sorry. I wonder how many of these movies actually Bruce Willis has actually watched. Mm. I, I, none of them. I bet it's very few. He watches none of them. I think the last film he was in that he watched was Motherless Brooklyn. Or maybe Glass. Maybe Glass. I think it was Motherless Brooklyn. I don't think he watched Glass. I reckon mm-hmm. Glass is maybe what put him off watching any of his films because it's shit. He was making shit way yeah, well, before that. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Uh, I don't think I've got any, actually. Uh, there, has, there hasn't been another Ghostbusters Afterlife trailer to piss me off, has there? It hasn't, no. no. All right. uh, the Power yeah, of the Dog, the new um, oh! Jane Champion movie. Um, starring uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Kristen Dunst, Jesse Plemons. Hard out if it's got uh, um, Yeah, uh, the trailer gives away little. Right. But it looks very atmospheric and very western and Looking forward to Jane Campion making another film. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's where I am with it. Uh, Netflix movie, so I think it's out in November. Yeah, plays LFF. Um, which incidentally uh, I got accreditation for again. Um, so there'll be LFF chat on here. Um, don't know. I get the sense that the online screenings will be back to normal and you'll probably need to go to actual physical press screenings most of the time. Um, but I probably am going to chance my arm and maybe actually ask some of the PRs whether there are online screeners available for some of these things. Yeah, but. Um- We'll see. We're not doing it this year. It's just a simple fact that we just don't have goddamn time, do we? <laughs> a lot going on, aren't we? Got a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You, you guys are busy, but um, yeah, I, I'll. Uh, I'm planning on being in London for um for a couple of days. Um, so yeah, I should be able to get to uh, a few things. So we shall we shall see. What you want to say, Max? I was gonna say, have either of you guys watched the the trailer for that really awful Lifetime looking movie about Princess Diana? Spencer. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Watched it, but I need to know what it's like, but I will not watch it. Um, I th- it's fucking hilarious that um, a mainstream audience are going to be tricked into watching a film directed by Pablo Lorraine. Yeah. Pablo Lorraine. He directed Jackie, the Portman, Natalie Portman film from, from oh, a few yeah. years back. Um, it's just like 
he's not exactly a commercial director. He's very much a like almost like a film Twitter director, and that, that's a, not. He's an art house director. There's a lot. There's a lot of um of Kristen Stewart just spinning around in outfits in big empty rooms. All right. Yeah. God, have you seen the poster for it? <laughs> Some melodrama comes off it in waves. I. The thing is, I just. I, I, it's you know your your Ghostbusters Afterlife thing Ian. Yeah. Where anything it just irks you about, yeah. it. And, and, and that's not a criticism. You are justifying your irkedness about it. I am honestly so fucking bored of the European and American fetishism of the royalist royal family yeah, of totally the past fair. ten, fifteen years that's happened, where everybody that isn't that doesn't live in England thinks that we're all obsessed with the royal family mm. when the actual truth of it is the vast majority of us are either completely ambivalent towards it or actively fucking dislike it. Um, it's it, it, She's going to get a, a, a nomination. And I, by the way, I think Kristen Stewart is a very, very, very good actress. Which is what annoys me because I I, I like Kristen Stewart and I'd like to watch the a Kristen Stewart movie. I'm absolutely fucking not watching a movie about Princess Diana. No. Fuck that. No. No. Well, I watched the last one. If I watch that, right? If I even watch the trailer for that, if I if I go on MSN at work, which is the the, the news sort of opening page that we have on our internet, if I happen to click on anything royal family related, even on accident, even if I like hover over it for a second. All I get is royal family stories. So uh, algorithmically, I will not watch this trailer because that's all I'll be bombarded with. And I could not give a shit. Mm. I did find it amusing that uh, that a load of news sites reported about, oh, my God, it sounds so like her. She says, what, one word? <laughs> yeah, it's like a couple of words or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll report back on this one then, shall I? I will. I will probably watch it, but watch it in one of those senses of going... Knowing that I probably aren't going to be able to separate what might be a very pretty looking film with the fact that I hope everybody in it has a misery bestowed upon them. Or the actual real people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what else was there? I mean, we know at least one. It didn't work out well for. It doesn't work out well for one of no. them. Uh, right, Spiderman. Spiderman. What did you reckon, Becky, of the Spiderman trailer? Yeah, do you know what? I'm in for that. If it's if it's the last Marvel movie that I watch because the rest of them do not interest me at all, I think it's a good way to go out. Well, there's actually two before that, so. Yeah, but what are they? Shang Chi and Eternals. Yeah, I'm not bothered about either of them. You have to watch them because it's gonna make, gonna make sense. It fucking will. I don't know. I'm just a bit bothered. But no, it looks good. It's it's uh, what uh, Doctor Strange being in there wearing a hoodie, quite amusing. Um. The whole the way that Peter Parker essentially <laughs> seems to create the multiverse. Quite amusing. Just by not being able to shut his stupid mouth. Um yeah, looks looks alright. Doc Ock turning up in it. Like that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. The weird thing is there's been a lot of like chatter about this trailer for a while because there was a rumour that they just weren't gonna do one. Really? Yeah, yeah, I mean that was that was always bollocks. It was always bollocks, mm. and it, it it was founded on absolutely nothing. But even Feige started getting a little bit involved in that. Right. Um, 
and it was of course it was never going to happen but then it was literally like oh here it is and it does seem like they're going you know right we've got we've got Shang-Chi coming out and we've got Eternals coming out but don't fucking worry we've got a person you will recognise <laughs> yeah and we've got fucking loads of them <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite, I'm quite keen to see what they do with it. What do you think, Ian? I think it looks all right. <laughs> I'm just, um, I, I mean, I, I enjoy, I enjoy the films when I'm watching them. Um, you know, I'm, I'm about halfway through a rewatch of Iron Man three, so you know, I, I do enjoy them. But it, the, the, um, the discourse around them, uh, I, I'm finding increasingly bland. boring, bland, yeah. Would would you say though, Ian, that that it looks like you just watched a trailer for a Spider-Man movie? I'm not entirely sure. That's it. It's just you glean nothing from it other than Doctor Strange is going to be in this for a bit, a bit, isn't he? Doctor Strange is going to be in it. Yeah. Doc Ock's going to be in it. Yeah. It, it, I, I'm I'm worried that it's going to be weighed down by everything but Spider-Man. Yeah, like he's gonna forget to actually have Spider-Man in it. Yeah, like his his characters, like his characters, basically, like what is the arc of his character going to be? And I mean, you know, because it's like he starts off a place where everybody knows he's Spider-Man. Like, so is it that? Because it's not an arc. It's he is fighting against the fact that everybody knows who he is and everyone thinks he's a wrong one. So by the end of it, either still no one's going to remember or no one's going to think he's a wrong one. And it's like all the stuff that goes on in between that. I'm, I don't know. I'm weirdly nonplussed about it. Like, I'll enjoy it. I'll enjoy it when it's on. I'll enjoy it when it's on. And I, 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 I like the first two films, but they do... I don't know whether it's because of the like the Sony thing and they're ever so slightly to the left of the MCU, but I just don't quite click with them in the way that I do with some of the other films. And I I I can't really I can't really put my finger on it because it's not Tom Holland. Tom Holland's good, but I think maybe it's just the fact that there have been a lot of Spider-Man films by this point. You know, like this would be including Spider-Verse, this will be the ninth Spider-Man film. And then Spider-Verse is just this completely different, fresh, dare I say, visionary take on Spider-Man that the MCU can't possibly do. I think that might be it. I'm more interested in the continuing adventures of Miles Morales than I am in the continuing adventures of Peter Parker. I think that's yeah. I think that might be it actually. I, 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 can, I can absolutely what is that? Yeah, get behind that. Uh, we we watched um, Spider Man. Whatever the last one was. Far from home. Yes. yes. Um, we rewatched that recently, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, and. Jay and Hall's fucking great. Jay Hall's very good in it, but it's it's ploddy as fuck. Yeah. Uh, they've gone for this European road movie kind of vibe with it, mm. um, but it, it it plods along from bit to bit. It just it, it's obviously skipped the masterclass, hasn't it? It's not it's not watched the ultimate European road movie. Euro trip. Euro trip. No, it's not. 
No. If, if, if that had started with fucking Matt Damon coming out and making another cameo in a Marvel movie <laughs> yeah. and just blasting out fucking Scotty didn't know at the start of it. Peter doesn't know. Peter doesn't know. Yeah. No, MJ doesn't know. MJ doesn't yeah, know. There you go. Then it'd be, it'd, yeah, five star banger. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, I mean, I think it's just this one feels very much like a trailer for what the MCU has to come. Yeah, it is. It's 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 a little bit like remember when they did when they did Captain America: Civil War, and it was a bit like, look, it's a new Captain America movie, but it wasn't really. It was Avengers 2.5. Yes. This feels a little bit like it's the new Spider-Man movies. But it's not. It's MCU reboot the movie. Yeah, but you see, that's what Far From Home kind of felt like as well. Because that came out after... But um, I think it, that felt almost like a coda to the, the first three phases yeah, or whatever it did, it was. Yeah, it did, but it felt like it was, they were using it as a bridging movie. Yeah, but it, it didn't but work. But then this also feels like they're using it as a bridging movie. Like, just let it be its own thing. Yeah, I, just at this point... Which is kind of the opposite of what I was saying a couple months back. But it's like, I am more interested in Shang-Chi, especially considering the, the like the word and not just the initial word, which is always good on MCU films. But it feels like that's following through that like it's not perfect, but it's very, it's very entertaining. I'll take that. And then Eternals, it, you know, is such an unknown quantity that I'm at least interested in that. Oh, really? if, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't think it looks great. I think the second, the, the second trailer was better than the first trailer. I, but I watched this trailer for No Way Home, and it's just all it's going to be is who's going to, who's going to appear. Like, mm. what, yeah. like it, all, you know, like people were talking about was that fucking Matt Murdock from Doc from Daredevil's elbow, and I look at that, I look at people talking about that, and. <laughs> I just think, what are you doing with yourself? Like it, it's like I was saying in the last episode, how I was watching um, uh, First Cow and just thinking like, and Don't Breathe too, and just thinking like, why am I here? Why am I? Why am I watching this? I mean, I fair, want those people. <laughs> no, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But I want those people talking about was that Matt Murdock's elbow? to just go please look at yourself please like i just no i i don't i who cares who cares who care a lot of people care why why the, the thing is you are right that there is going to be an awful lot of the thing is if you don't see it within the first three days or you avoid all social media for a week you're going to know all of the bits yeah and that, yeah. that that's the thing it's it it just feels a little bit like they've they, i don't think this was planned i think or in this way but then spider-verse has pushed them to have to make a decision um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting because the creative, the, the deal that Sony did with Disney for for the Spider Man for Spider Man was basically Marvel Studios make all the creative decisions. So 
whatever they've done here leading up to multiverse of madness they were planning on doing it i honestly i think it was a massive bit of uh, spider-verse being made because they kind of knew what was coming in the mcu or an amazing coincidence rather than the mcu going oh that's interesting let's do that i i, I that th- these things are too they're too long in in the in the making for, for for that to be the case i think um but i it, it, it this this film you know i've talked about the memification of films previously and this is this is kind of like a similar aspect of it where they are making the film to get a, as big an opening weekend as possible by just fueling the is that Matt Murdock's elbow? <laughs> well, the way to find out first is to go to the midnight screening. Let us have a massive opening weekend. It all feels it. It doesn't feel like there's. It's there for creativity. No, it's not it, a creative process. It's the accountancy process. It, it, yeah, it's how can we get the clicks? How can we get the views? And apparently, No Way Home, the the uh, the, the 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 trailer numbers fucking were like ma- massive and record breaking and whatnot. So it's worked. You know, and as soon as I saw the trailer was out, I watched it. So I'm feeding into that as well. But what I'm not feeding into is fucking YouTube videos about is that Matt Murdock's elbow? <laughs> the good thing is I, I I will happily avoid those things. Um, the good thing for me is I have no clue who Matt Murdock is. So. Daredevil. So basically, there is a shot in that trailer where um somebody is saying to Peter, uh, but these are your drones. And there oh, yeah. is speculation that that is Charlie Cox who played uh, Daredevil in the Netflix Marvel series. Because there's been rumours for ages that he was going to be in this, which is cool. I think, you know, the, the, but the, the, the Marvel Netflix shows, Marvel basically basically seem to pretend they don't exist. Which which is a shame. They, they were, there were highs, there were lows. Charlie Cox was a really, really good Daredevil. I watched the first two seasons of Daredevil. I fell off of it, but not because of him. So for him to have a small kind of camp, like uh, Easter egg role in this, absolutely fine. That was the thing that fucked me off about Ghostbusters Afterlife that we haven't discussed. Go on. Go on. The oh, Easter oh. egg hunt. Yes. I fucking knew there was something. Jason Reitman, fuck you. Saying to like for fans, this will be the ultimate Easter egg hunt. The music at the start. Oh, I wonder what that could be then. Like I, uh, I just here you go, shit munchers. This is what you want, isn't it? Easter eggs. You want that dopamine hit of I know what that thing is. That's from the other one. No, no. Stop treating your fuck. Stop treating the people who are looking forward to that film like people who just want to fucking point at the fucking screen like the DiCaprio meme. It's no, no. You made this film for your father and your daughter, did you? No, you fucking didn't. You made it because you can't get a fucking hit. Yeah, literally, literally cannot get a hit. What was his last one? The front runner. Yeah. Yeah, a sorry, Hugh Jackman released in the run up to an election that grossed what eight dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like based on a real life event, buzz about Hugh Jackman. Is it his time to get an Oscar nomination and whatnot? No, when 
went down the toilet. You know, Labor what? Day, fucking men, think? women and children. Fuck oh. off, Jason Reitman. Have either of you seen Labor Day? There's pies. It's a, it's a slog. Yeah. It's it's a really really big slog. And at one point he was like he was you know he was tipped to be going places. Mm. <sighs> I'm just I, yeah. That sounds I, like I, a slog. It's not very good. No. no. So, are we saying what was his last good film then? Juno. Up in the air was good. Up in the air was all right. Yeah. Up in the air was good. Young adult. I, I didn't young get adult. on with it. Young adult. Yeah, young adult. I I personally get on with it, but a lot of people um really connected to that movie. Yeah. Um, I I, I it, it didn't quite land for me. I've not seen it. Uh, you might really like it. it, it, it I, I, I'm, what I'm saying is, is Young Adult is not a bad movie in any way. It's actually quite a good movie. It just didn't appeal to me in any way. It's just the fact that he's fucking weaponising this anti-Paul Feig, Feig's film. With, with, without stuff. actually the balls to come out and do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, without just the that. balls to come out and go, look, the chick's out back. I made I made this for the fans, unlike Paul Feig, who was you know it, it, it yeah. that's all it fucking and yes I am in the tank for the Paul Feig film I thought it was good and that film was made from a place of love. Yeah, Ghostbusters Afterlife is good. It's great. I rewatched it recently. It's a really good time. Yeah, it's it's an yeah. awful lot of fun. Um, fuck, it's just it's it, it, it yeah yeah well, well we'll we'll wait and see. Um. I, I, I promise, I promise I will give that film a fair shake. I, but, I if it, will. but if it is shit, oh my fucking God, I'm going to be going to town on it. I am looking forward to it. If, if we were to line up for what films that it is, that, and I think they're out quite close together, your viewing experience of that, you're going to be going and going, I want you to be good so I don't have to rant about you is the same feeling as I will be going to French Dispatch with. Straight up. Bond. Can I have Bond? You can have Bond if you want. Okay. Yep. Yeah, uh, there right. you go. Let's do a fucking film. Oh, what film yeah. should we do? Let's do The Night House, because it has been the one that we watched the longest ago. Yeah. <laughs> and if any more time goes by, might forget it existed. Um... So, The Night House is directed by uh, David Bruckner. Uh, it stars Rebecca Hall, uh, Sarah Golding, uh, Stacey Martin, Bondi Curtis Hall, and I am going to get the uh, synopsis from the I Am of the DVs up um, so I can read that. I'm going to go for a wee real quick. Sorry. No problem. Uh, so, this is, the, this is the very fucking detailed uh, synopsis on IMDb. A widow begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets. <laughs> I'm going to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Rebecca Hall, uh, character Beth, uh, her husband has very recently um, committed suicide uh, at their house, which is on a lake. Uh, he is literally ridden out um, into the middle of the uh, lake and has shot himself. Um, she doesn't know why and then when she's starting to go through the personal belongings etc and things like that she starts noticing that there's 
photos of women who look a little bit like her, but not quite like her. And then, remember, all spoilers all the time, guys. Starts finding he's an architect and he built their house. Starts finding plans for uh, a essentially reverse of that house. Mm. Um, so, yes. Uh, the night house. Ian. Yeah. Do you remember the night house? Yeah, no, <clears throat> yeah I remember the night house uh, 10 uh, days ago. Ian, yeah. did the lighthouse, did you find it quite atmospherically unsettling? <laughs> and should Rebecca Hall be a much, much bigger fucking star than she is? Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, it's both, to be fair. Um, it's it, it was a good, good, classy horror time was the night house. Um, had enough scares to... Um, I, I think to satisfy people, even though my audience seemed a bit grumbly when it finished. Um, Ooh, that's the opposite of ours. Yeah. Our audience were very... It was quite a, quite a busy screening as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it's quite a, quite a busy screening. You know, there, was, there was a lot of... There was, it seemed quite a positive response to that. Yeah, it was um, uh, a couple of... Well, that was rubbish kind of comments. Um uh, I, I I overheard, um, I, which I didn't agree with. Um, yeah, it, it it's, takes its time. It's a horror story which is about something, and I think kind of pulls that off. Um, and it's very, but it, you know, it's not about like a societal issue or anything like that. It's a very very personal story. Which I don't know. I thought was, I thought was interesting, um, and there was a nice. It, it it had a nice line in. Is this all in her head or not? Which I thought it skirted both sides quite well. There is a film I will talk about later, which seeks to do a similar thing and completely drops the ball. Uh, which I saw the same weekend actually. Um. This does that, but very well. I think David Bruckner, very solid horror director, and Rebecca Hall. If this was a film that was being released by A24, you would have people um, on film Twitter uh, giving Oscar buzz to her, but it yeah. wasn't, so they don't. Yeah. Peggy, The Nighthouse. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a while ago i really really enjoyed it i really did um i don't remember the nuances of it particularly well i, I do remember liking like what ian said there's there's two ways you can kind of look at it is it is it is it a story about depression and grief and essentially like that survivor guilt when somebody passes away or is it actually there's a fucking demon it takes you when you die and she escaped from it so it wants her back i prefer to take it at face value you prefer to it to be the demon yeah. that, that, that 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 wants her back yeah the other, the other one hurts my brain too much well it's interesting isn't it because it, it it's down to how you interpret that note that he leaves about like there is nothing and it's like what well, does that mean there is 
that there is nothing or is that yeah or are they essentially calling like the demon slash depression is nothing yeah there is nothing yeah so that yeah and nothing is after you yeah not nothing is after you like the nothing off of like never ending story the the thing is it's it's the the cleverness of it is it's in its simplicity Mm. of a movie like this um like you were saying there, it's quite interesting what, what you said earlier on is a lot of, and I'm not sorry, I'm not jumping in across you. No, it's fine. Um, the, um, a lot of horror recently, and a lot of horror generally, mm. um, and there's, there's one we'll talk about later on, um, it, where they're based around societal issues and, and things like that. And that, that's been a case for, you know, throughout horror in cinema, that they're often based around these, these things. Um, but this doesn't, it, like you say, it's quite a personal story. It drags it back in. It, it mm. felt closer in atmosphere to something like Black Bear that we watched. Yes, um, yeah, yeah, I would agree. 100%. Recently, in that, in that it's very, it's very secluded into what it is, and it's the, it, 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 it's throwing out the idea of a psychological um, horror rather than a, a, a more outward horror. That's it. It could have been a like a big balls out horror, or it could have been a very introspective story about grief. But it straddles that very, very well. Yeah, without ever, without ever, like you say, going, leaving a big gaping hole that makes you go, well, no, because it has to be that. Mm. It probably is if you go through the fine tooth comb. There usually is because I do want to watch it again, nothing actually. is it, it's perfect. But it, like it again, you know, Rebecca Hall is, is fantastic in, in, in it. You know the she not I, I, the only thing i can think of is, is i just don't think she wants to be uh, no i think i think mine was right well the the two rebecca's that came out at about the same time and uh, rebecca ferguson won the battle of the rebecca there's a possibility that that was yeah that, that i was think it was actually a, a physical battle i mean and rebecca ferguson would win that rebecca hall seems a bit flirty rebecca ferguson would be sneaky yeah yeah yeah, yeah. She'd fucking get a tip punch in there. Not not only that, she'd probably hire some goons as well. And then <laughs> and then when Rebecca Hall was like, hang on a minute, she'd be like, I didn't see anything in the contract that said I couldn't hire goons to do it. <laughs> Which is odd, given the two movies that we're reviewing. Yes. Um, but yeah, it, it's... Um, I've lost my train of thought a little bit there. Yeah. Gone, pulled out the station. Uh, <laughs> a long time ago. Um <laughs> Yeah, Rebecca Hall is very, very good in it. But one of the, um, it's not just that she's good in the the screen bits because there isn't screen bits. Um, one of her, one of the best scenes I thought in the entire movie was when the, because um, she plays a teacher, was when the the kid's <laughs> mum comes in. Yeah. Fucking incredible scene. To, to argue with the what's it, um, the the grade being changed, and she she quite sort of nicely kind of goes, oh okay. I'll change it to a B, and then it's like arguing. It's like, oh, do you know what? <laughs> and then just quite nastily, but just fireably nastily, mm. just fucking just goes that town on that one. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's quite glorious it uh, in that. It, it, it it's the like, well, I didn't come here for that. And it's like, well, what did you come here for? And, and do you know what? It that that, that answer. Is is a great almost customer service answer of the, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, of, the, of, the of when somebody comes in of, of when you've got that pissed off with them because you've gone through all of the bits that you would normally do and they still go away and you just go right what do you want me to do yeah mm. so I can tell you to fuck off 
What, what is yeah. your idea of a satisfactory resolution? So I can say no and you can leave me alone. Yeah. I like God. I used to do that when I was when I was on the phones in in work. I used to do that all the time. If somebody had a complaint, and I'd be like, right, how, like so, it, you know, is it is it monetary? Is it a monetary amount you want? Yeah. Okay. How much are you thinking? And they they go, you tell me. It's like, just no. just tell me, just <laughs> just tell me. <laughs> yeah, because that. There you want to go, get quid. Yeah, because that that that's the thing, and it's like, I'll go twenty five pound, twenty five pound for all of this. It's like, right, so what then? You know, like you tell me an amount, I'll tell you yes or okay. I'll put that through. You can wait about three to four weeks for us to formally write to you. See ya. You know, it, refuse to give people a figure if they if they're after like reimbursement for something unless it's something specific like oh they didn't use this pipe all right i'll refund you it but like if it's for for like a customer service reason i just will not put a figure on it no better not in 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 my industry there it's like it could end up basically if uh, a complaint is raised and they go to the ombudsman we're automatically charged 500 pound by like by the ombudsman whether they find fault or not so it's almost like we may as like if 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 we agree that we are at fault and we can chuck them some money, which means that they waive the right to go to the ombudsman, then we would do that. And if that is more money, God, this is a tangent. If that's more money than you'd really think is appropriate, there's an argument to say yes, but the risk is we lose five hundred pound a few months down the line. So do it. And then yeah. there comes a limit. There comes a limit, don't get me wrong, but, you know. 485, Maybe not that. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll take, we, like, we, 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 t- we would take our chances, but, like, it, it's, yeah. So, you know, but going back to the, the performance, that that's exactly it. And that kind of passive-aggressive thing that she has with people, like the... The girl. Her, the... Uh, yeah, with Stacey Martin in the bookshop. Yeah, exactly. Her first meeting with her, is just amazing yeah she, she plays it perfectly without actually ever sort of being aggressive towards her she just stands and stares at her and actually not not only that it's a really well composited shot because actually later on when they stood next to each other they're not that different in height yeah. uh, whereas that shot has her looking like she's about a foot taller. Yeah. yeah. And also as well, the um, the outfits they've chosen for them. It, it's a, just a really clever bit of directing. You are looking at it and going, right, this woman is intimidating this girl. Mm. <laughs> and I, I, I'll be honest, at that moment, uh that that kind of that kind of a woman, uh like that kind of uh, personality or passive aggressiveness not usually a thing for me but it was really working yeah <laughs> i really really wanted her to be passive aggressive to me i get the feeling though that that's just rebecca hall like she'll be nice 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 up to a point and then if you piss her off that's it you're fucking dead to her and she'll destroy you yeah i'd be fine with that yeah y- yeah destroy i me, rebecca that's yeah. the thing and it's not oh god that's something he says to you a lot 
<laughs> you don't have to ask him. I really want to move on now. Sorry. Um, I, but in the Night House, I, I genuinely think it's a fucking great movie, and I, I am baffled as to why more has not been made of it. And Ian raised right. a very, very good point earlier. If this had an A24 before it, this film would be people oh, would be fucking jerking off over it not and like all the over the is, place yeah the thing is it's probably gonna be better than a lot of the a24 movies that come out it's definitely better than fucking midsummer it's a piece of shit yeah but then again zola was very good it was very good zola was really good so yeah um our audience poll so I, i'm definitely not shit on um on the night hours i think i, I think it's very very good yeah, definitely not shit. Can't wait to watch it again, actually, and just to kind of see bits that maybe I missed last yeah, time. Yeah, I, I think had I not been away for we the week last week, we, we might have actually got to see that again last week, might we? You might have. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing, well, oh, definitely not shit. Well, this is interesting. Our audience poll, definitely not shit 100%. Oh, Sweet. Yeah. yeah. A uh, well deserved. Um, if you've not seen the Night House uh, and it's coming near you, or when it, it becomes available uh, to watch at home, it, it, it's a definite, I think, solid recommend for any. Not even if you just like horror fans or anything like that. There's not. It, it's a great psychological breakdown film. Does something that's actually very difficult to do clearly because it's done so badly in so many films. She plays a good drunk. Yes, she yeah, did. Yeah, very good drunk. Yeah, yeah. It's not too over the top. No. It, it actually looks like somebody who's drunk. Um, uh, where are we gonna go next? Where are we gonna go next? Who knows? Well, Mark knows. Um, so I don't think he go, does. Let's go for our our. Uh, we we think Mark knows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go for our our, our Patreon picked retro moving. Oh wow! Uh, really? Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Um, and 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 what I'll say, guys, is. But by the end of this review, we've got to have our other Patreon picked movies sorted. What what we're gonna put up oh, this week? Oh shit! Okay. Yep. I've, I've I, just, I just partially set myself up there because I haven't thought of one yet. <laughs> Make you stop looking at the posters in the room. <laughs> that night. <laughs> no. no. Oh, the fuck off, really. <laughs> literally, literally, she was looking round at the posters in the room. Try to think of films. <laughs> uh. The Bird of the Crystal Plumage, directed by Daniel Argento, and um, stars um, Tony Sante, uh, Susie Kendall, Enrico Maria Salarino, and uh, very other people. Um, yeah. Very other people. Very other people. <laughs> Love it. What? Oh, shit. You're dumb. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, what does the IMDB say about it? <laughs> Fuck's sake. An American expatriate in Rome witnesses an attempted murder that is connected to an ongoing killing spree in the city and conducts his own investigations about himself and his girlfriend being targeted by the killer. Bloody right, he conducts his own investigation. Like, that... I forgot, just to say, that whole thing where the police inspector is like, can I see your passport? Yeah, sure. Here you go. Can I have my passport back? Nope. Nope. <laughs> it, it is. It is brilliant. It's almost like he's about to go. What passport? Yeah. Yeah. What? The fact that like, he just very calmly looks at it. 
Oh, this is it. Put it in his drawer. It's I'm not going to keep this or anything. Just put it in his drawer. What, what are you doing? Just the, the fact that, like, the, the, the reason why he starts investigating it is it's the only way he's going to be allowed to leave the fucking country is if he basically solves it himself. <laughs> is amazing. They're very here for the idea of him investigating himself. Like, I don't think the police share that much information with just randoms, generally. I mean, mean, maybe maybe in LA. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible, isn't it? Like, where it's like they're analysing the voice patterns. It's like, why are you inviting him to look at this fucking technology here? Like, it's... And when he's like, oh, she's she's left the hospital, she's gone home. Okay. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Okay. Which floor? (laughs) Which floor? It, it is literally like they've gone. Oh, I'll be asked to solve this, but this prick might. Yeah, he, he, especially if we hold his passport hostage. Yeah, that's what I say. Like, worst work last week, didn't it? All those robberies we had. <laughs> we had Jurgen from Germany's passport. Can I can I raise one issue that like just getting serious for a second that I that I really had with this movie? Go on. Why are all the women in it so fucking pathetic? It's a Daryl Argento movie. Right? But what's her face in that other film isn't? Wow. Descriptive. You know, that one... Oh, the... the, the Jennifer Connelly? No. No, because Jennifer Connelly always looks... Suspiria? Maybe, maybe Deep Red. Hang on. Are you meaning Deep Red? Nickelodeon. Daria Nickelodeon. Yeah, Deep Red. Yeah, Yeah, Deep Deep Red. Red. I was trying to think of her name. A fair comment, yes. Yeah. She's fucking great in it. She's baldy as fuck. These women are all like, oh, no, this window won't open. I better roll around on the floor for 10 minutes sighing. All right, okay, that's really going to help. It's because he was ballsing her to fuck. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, And that fucking bird doesn't look like it's got crystal plumage at all. It's like grey and black. It's an ugly fucking bird. It does not like, oh, yeah, they call it. This and, and they say it looks like crystals. It fucking doesn't. They're dumb. Ian, ha, yeah. you had seen this before, hadn't you? you oh, yeah, I had. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, knew, I knew you had, because I think we spoke about it before. Um, but did you watch the 4K? Yes. Yeah, what was that like? Really nice. Yeah, really nice. Um, I've actually got it on 4K on iTunes, which I forgot. And I got the disc. Uh, <laughs> We watched it on Arrow Player, didn't we? We did. That was an ordeal. <sighs> that was just not 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 Arrow Player's fine. I love to get a fucking TV app Arrow. Uh, but yeah, I try to fucking AirPlay it. AirPlay hates me, doesn't it? Oh, AirPlay's fun. TV app. Did you did you watch it in English or Italian? Uh, Italian with subs. Sweet. Okay. Yeah, it's um yeah the 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 4k transfer is really uh, yeah it's really nice actually some good extras on the um on the disc as well actually um yeah and it, it i don't know it had the like you were watching a nice print of it kind of thing which i suppose in a way you kind of want to be watching it a little bit scuzzier so yeah no, like yeah maybe a 480p stream on airplay onto your tv might have been a more effective uh presentation of it quite frankly but um uh, no, I don't think it would have been actually. But um, yeah, no, it's um, ha- I, th- I think it's a really interesting debut film. It just sets up so much of what Argento is interested in, like the the even like the whole kind of like the m- m- kind of seeing something but not really 
understanding the whole picture thing mm-hmm. is yeah. is very 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 argento um and I, I forgot how quickly it gets into it as well it's like within the first 10 minutes you've got that first set piece yeah um and and, and then it's just off to the races and there's barely any downtime like the the way Susie Kendall's introduced where it's just like he comes home and it's just like oh shit okay what well, he's got a living girlfriend does he and oh okay fine fair enough then um it, it just it, it's economical with its storytelling but also has really bizarre one-off scenes um and it, it gives it like just a lot of Argento flavor and the Morricone score absolutely bangs. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I really like this and uh, bring out the perverts is uh, a <laughs> hell of a moment. He belongs with the transvestites, not the perverts. God damn it, Bill. And then, yeah, then the, tra- the transvestites just like, yeah, why have you put me in here with this disgusting group of you know, them walking <laughs> off? It's great. Um, but I mean, to be honest, I think I probably add a half star for the scene with the artist that eats cats. Yeah. Yeah. That was because um... I, 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 I've seen it before, but I, I, I forgot about that. And then when the cat came out, I was like, oh wait a minute, there's something with this cat. Oh god, yeah, I remember. As soon as the, as soon as the cat escaped and you saw that he had a cage full of cats, I was like, oh, he's just fed him cat. <laughs> yeah. Gross. Yeah. And the fact that he, he immediately doesn't care about any information that this batshit man, man could give him once he realises he can't. No, I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm fucking going. Do you want this painting? No. But then, but then the great bit of where the guy just keeps on coming down with the price of the painting. Yeah. And then when he doesn't buy it, just throws it out the window at him. <laughs> yeah. It's the fact that the film is kind of starting to get into the, um, like, it kind of getting into the end of it. I, I, you know, it, it, we're starting to kind of put some pieces together. And then you've just got this five minute scene where it's like, not only is he going to go talk to him, but he's got to get a ladder to go up to talk to him because he doesn't like he, he only wants to talk to people that he wants to talk to. Just this really just random fucking bit that it's almost like Argento just put it in there as a dare. Um, yeah, I could relate to that. If I could block up all the entrances to our house and just have a ladder to go in on the second floor, I would do. Uh, yeah, no, no, absolutely. But it's just, it's this really just odd bit just where you think the film is going to start wrapping up. And it's like, no, we're just going to have this one really fucking odd scene before we actually start revealing some stuff now. Um, And, and, and then it doesn't really have anything to do with anything. <laughs> That's yeah. where you find out the backstory of the painting, though, isn't it? Yeah, the ba- yeah. I mean, the backstory of the painting, but then like the key thing is the guy's mate remembering. Oh shit, that thing in the background is that bird in that zoo. But Ian, the massively rushed, random fucking, and she was mad. And <laughs> yeah, she didn't work without the painting backstory. Nah, yeah. that was great. Yeah, you, you, you. Oh shit, she was mad. <laughs> Go with that. No, I mean that's. I mean that ending. No, it that- really annoyed me because the thing is, I really enjoyed the film. And and the thing is, does the story hang together properly and fully? Probably not. Is the blood giallo blood? Yes, absolutely, fucking one hundred percent approval from me. I love I, I love giallo movies, and you, you go into them with certain expectations, like the story not hanging together quite well, like the dialogue being a little bit hinky, 
like women being slightly pathetic. But the ending of it was just like, it was so fucking lazy. And they've shoehorned that scene with the artist in just so that, oh, yeah, some girl was killed 10 years ago. And she's back. Because she was t- And it's well, like, oh, OK. I mean, you've got the ending, which is very much like the ending of Psycho, where it's like, and now a doctor to explain things. <laughs> Which I, but I, I, I liked that. And then the whole just like cutting to the fucking, like the airplane taxiing and then cutting to her on the plane and cutting back to the airplane taxiing and then cutting back to him. And then you've just got that like random voiceover bit at the end and then credits. Yeah. I, I like the way that Argento is just like, Fuck it. I'm done. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Which would you... I think that scene with the artist was filmed like later. And they, they, they got they got to a certain point and it was getting a bit complicated. And he's like, no, fuck it, just make it Monica. Well, why would she do that? She's mad. Why is she mad? There has to be some kind of reasoning. Ah, you know that painting? Make that her. And so they went back and refilmed that scene. I think they just got bored and made a lazy ending. And that, that upsets me. But you've got some great set pieces. Yes. The the gallery set piece at yeah, the start. Yeah, it's brilliant, yeah. It's fantastic. And it, it's one of those, it's, it's an attention grabber. It makes you sit up and go, oh, I fucking care. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is as well, because he's like constantly re- revisiting that memory and it's showing you it. Mm. And he's trying to think what he's not seeing. you you're looking at it intently, trying to see if you can see what he hasn't seen. And it's not going to show you. Yeah. It's not going to make it visible to the audience until it wants to, mm. when he remembers. And I, I just think it's really clever the way that it's just, it goes over and over it. I, I, I might be, again, might be off by any but it might be a teller's best notice it. I, I seem to remember reading something or seeing something or... Um, on one of the documentaries I watched about Argento or something like that, that the that he filmed two versions of that scene mm. uh, of, 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 of uh, Monica's bit within that scene, mm. but to be as identical as possible, not like two completely different versions, but two versions of that scene. And when he's remembering it, different times it's one of the one or two of the versions of it. So it's the same scene. Not like nothing changed, nothing been moved or anything like that, but just so that it that it's ever so slightly different, like that, like a hand might be slightly pointing the wrong way or bits like that. Just so it just so it just flips you about a little bit. Mm. Um, with that, but yeah, the score is fucking brilliant as well. Yeah. Uh, um, I I really enjoyed Fergus Plumage. It it feels a little bit more floaty. And a little bit less nasty than Argento started to get, um, you know, as as we went along. Mm. You know, by by 80s Argento, we've got things like um, Tenebrae and Opera. Yeah. They're, they're overtly nasty movies. Yeah. Uh, whereas this one is still not, it's not quite got the snarling teeth that those movies have. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I think it's a little bit more playful with everything. And I kind of quite, I quite like that about it. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely not shit. I just wish the end felt a bit better thought out. Definitely not shit, for sure. 
Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I don't think you're wrong in saying that, Bex. So it just it didn't bother me as much as it obviously bothered you as all. Yeah, it just doesn't bother me. I, 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 I couldn't like that. I kind of quite like the. Ah, she's mad. Amusing at the time, but the more I think about it from a filmmaking point of view, like you can't, you can't do that. You can't make this whole movie and then just go, "Fuck it, I'm bored." But I, I, I don't think Argento is that bothered about the wrap up. That I think it's all about. He's not a bothered about the destination. He's bothered about the journey and how many sights you get to see on that journey. It's looking pretty good that one. Yeah, it was good. I like that. Where do you read that? What? Where do you read that? In my mind, brain. Did you make it up in your own head? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the smart one got out for a second. It's all right, they're putting back in there. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get out often, do they? No, they are. They've put, they've put me in a big tyre and rolled down a hill. Wow. <laughs> yeah, fucking nerd. Yeah. Um, our audience poll, definitely not shit, 93%. And <laughs> uh, shit, 7%. Oh. Um, the thing is, though, I think if you don't, if you don't get on with your movies... Don't watch it. You're not gonna watch. No, but you're not gonna like any of them no. because they are all very of a tone, aren't they? Yes. Uh, right. Has, has anyone got a film yet for their Patreon picks for next uh, time? I will be picking Cameron Crowe's Vanilla Sky. Ooh, interesting. Becky, Grease Two with Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> Grease 2, Michelle Pfeiffer. Because why the fuck not? It's the superior Grease movie. Yeah, man, cool rider. Theory, mate. Country mile. That's that's that, that that's fine. Yes, let's go. Uh, yeah, I did all that and I didn't actually pick one myself. You're a dumb dumb. I am not. Let the smart one back out. <laughs> right, man. CS3P Combat. Player one. Choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. But anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. Just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just in English. That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Yeah. Yeah. This podcast you're listening to, pretty good, isn't it? Only problem is, it's about halfway through. Pretty soon, it'll be over. And then what are you going to do? Well, if you're a fan of this show, why not head over to wearepodsyndicate.com and subscribe to our brand new feed, Pod Syndicate The Bonus Shows. Every week, your hosts from Beyond the Neon, Chinstroker vs. Punter, Entertainment Landfill, Film Bastards, His Film, Her Movie, and What's On Tap will be dropping bonus shows right onto that feed. These shows might be collaborations and crossovers, or they might be archive episodes, interviews, one-offs, and other treats from across the Pod Syndicate network. So, prepare yourself for the inevitable disappointment of this Pod Syndicate show ending by heading to wearepodsyndicate.com and clicking on the bonus shows. We now return you to your regularly scheduled Pod Syndicate podcast.
Ian, what have you been watching while I try and work out a movie? Nice. Um, strap in. Uh, so, I'm going to try and do this in some sort of order. Are we reviewing Pig at any point? Yes, next week. Okay, fine. Uh, so, I watched Beckett. Uh, oh, which, right, yeah, what's, what's that like? Yeah, so this is the uh, Netflix film with uh, John David Washington, Vicky Creeps, Alicia Vikander, um, uh, Boyd Holbrook. Um, so uh, John David Washington and uh, Alicia Vikander. Uh, just to say this, I'm going to detail some plot stuff. There is a major thing that I will say that literally happens in maybe the first 15 minutes. Um John David Washington and Alicia Vikander play a couple who I swear at one point they're referred to as boyfriend and girlfriend. At another point, they're referred to as husband and wife. It's weird. Um, but yeah, they play, play a couple who are traveling in Greece. Um, they are going to a uh, they're, they're, they're going to their kind of like hotel or accommodation very late at night, one night. John David Washington's character falls asleep at the wheel, drives off a cliff, crashes the car into a house. Um, he comes round, sees a couple of people in the house, passes out. He wakes up. Alicia Vikander's dead. And um, he goes back to the house. Oh, no. What is it? He says there are a couple of people in the house. The copper says, well, no one lives there. Oh, it must be uh, migrants. We're having problems with them, blah, blah, blah. John David Washington goes to the house for some reason. Um, is met by uh, a, uh, well, he's in the house. And then this woman comes up and starts shooting at him. And then the copper he was speaking to comes along, starts shooting at him. And then he basically has to go on the run. On the um, sorry? On the lamb. On the lamb, indeed. Wow. Um, so, this film is messy as fuck. I was really enjoying it at first. Shot on uh, film, looks great. Interesting score. And I thought, it was going to be John David Washington basically going through almost like the Greek countryside, encountering people and then them helping or hindering him. Yeah. And it's what the trailer and, makes it look like. Yeah. And it is that for maybe the first 40, 45 minutes or so. Um, but then uh, he he basically starts getting into um, kind of like more, more built out areas and Vicky Creeps comes into it. Boyd Holbrook plays uh, kind of like an embassy guy who is um, uh, kind of like trying to help him get to, um, well, no, he gets to the embassy and then like he's, he's trying to help him. And then it goes, okay, do you know what? Alicia Vikander, she's dead, don't worry about it. Um, instead, we're going to have this massive wrong man, wrong time conspiracy thriller where Beckett has accidentally uncovered a kidnapping. And it's like, what? Um, and it, it seriously seems to forget what film it was previously. And then right at the end, it remembers that Alicia Vikander fucking died. It is a very, very odd film. It's not awful. But after the promising beginning, 
it is aggressively okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is it just, just, that's fine. Yeah, honestly. The first half is three and a half out of five, five, and the second half is like three. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's fair. If the... If the cast wasn't the cast, you'd probably never watch it. That's that's it. You know, John David Washington, I don't know, he's not that great in this. You know, um, he, he, like he's he's playing this everyman, but all the way through, and I mean, he's he's hindered by by the screenplay, but he he gets really focused on this conspiracy plot, and it's just a bit like, all right, dude, I understand you're on the run. But also, your wife just fucking died. And it, it just seems so random that it's like, okay, what's the wrong man, wrong ti- uh, wrong place, wrong time thing? He's going to crash his car off a cliff and see a couple of people in a house. You probably could have seen a couple of people in a house without fridging Alicia Vikander. <laughs> Very odd film. Very odd film. Uh, so that's Beckett. Um, uh, rewatched a couple of the Carpenters. Uh, watched uh, ha- uh, both on 4K. Watched Halloween, which is Halloween. I don't think I need to talk about Halloween. Um, I will just say I love how shitty the friends are to Jamie Lee Curtis. They're such bad friends. Yeah, it's incredible. Dicked. You are you are watching it going. Hi, would she even be friends with these people? <laughs> no, she totally wouldn't. It's great. No, she's friends with them because it means that she gets to have friends. They're friends with her because she does their homework. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Nancy Loomis, I'm a fan. Um, yes. Yes. Um, also watched uh, The Fog, um, which also looks great on 4K. I really, really like The Fog. It's woolly the bits kind of don't quite fit together, which um, is, is borne out by the, the reshoots they did. And the fact that Carpenter just wasn't generally happy with it. Um, but I, I think it's got a great se- a sense of place and atmosphere. I like that it takes its time. Uh, once it gets going, it, it's pretty fucking great and nasty and the score's brilliant. So that is the fog. Um, bu- 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 bum. Watched uh, my Pirates rewatch continues. <laughs> uh, I uh, watched uh, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, which is incredibly dull. Um, yes. I think the Verbinski ones, like the, the second two aren't great, but there's always chaotic shit going on. There's interesting visuals on Stranger Tides is real autopilot shit. Um, John Marshall? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah. Um, no memorable action. Ian McShane is fucking just boring as Blackbeard. Yeah. It, it, it's almost like it, that, that moment could have only have happened that year. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I'll watch Salazar's Revenge or Dead Men Tell No Tales, depending on where you are. I'm going to watch that because I've never seen it before and I want to see Javier Bardem as a bad guy in a Pirates film. That it, feels like... Cool. Great. Great. I'm, like I'm looking forward to that. Better. It's not good, but it's considerably better. 
That's brilliant. And the, the 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 fucking the replacements for Kira Knightley and Orlando Bloom in this. Jesus wet. Sam Claflin and Astridge Burgess Frisbee, apparently. Fucking awful, awful fucking stuff that they're that they're doing. Um just so fucking boring and just adds twenty minutes to a film that didn't need twenty minutes adding to. Just bizarre. Um so there is that. Uh, Jesus Christ, I've got a lot. Sorry. Uh, rewatch Moana. Moana is great. Shall I pass it to you guys and then finish off after? Yeah. Bex, what have you been watching? Because you, 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 you watched some things on your own. I think this well, didn't you? Uh, yes. So where are we starting? Are we starting from Big Trouble? Yes. Okay. We watched that together. Yes, we did. Okay. Spoiler alert. Sauce, guys. Um, so I watched 28 Weeks Later, which... Uh, is it a better movie than 28 Days Later? Yes. Is it a better central performance than 28 Days Later? No, obviously not. Killian Murphy is fucking great in 28 Days Later. But 28 Weeks Later has been absolutely slept on. It's, an, it's a banger of a movie. It's a really good horror movie the weird thing is i've seen a lot of people talking about it is it just like arrived on netflix it's or something yeah. Disney Plus. Yeah. right that, yeah. that makes sense then because sometimes this can happen i've seen a lot of people talking about yeah. it and saying hang on a minute is this like the underappreciated yeah. horror movie of like the past 20 years it, it absolutely is it's 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 just fucking great and it's it, it's kind of where like obviously it's not a zombie virus that we've been dealing with but it's kind of where we're, we're at now where people think we're coming out the other side of it and the threat's gone and then it comes back with a fucking vengeance because people are people get lax so from a from like a timing point of view it was a really good time to watch it but yeah would absolutely if you like 28 days later and you just think Do you know what need it to be a little bit more more a little bit less thinking, and a little bit more. A little bit more, more. more. All right, you did a stupid one. Uh, Twenty-eight weeks later, your, your man. Um, I watched the whole with Kira Knightley and Thora Birch, with Isabel actually, because you know she's my little film watching bud. She was very dissatisfied with the ending of that movie, but she's just gonna like get away with it. Well, yeah, sometimes that happens. Well, well that's not fair. Everyone died. <laughs> That's fault. She had the key the whole time. So yeah, the whole is exactly as good as you remember it. If you can just put your thumb up against the screen every time Lawrence Fox's face is there. Um, does Kira Knightley get her boobs out in that? And it's yeah. really weird because she's fucking young. Yes. She does. She flashes Lawrence Fox actually. Yeah. Um, God, Lawrence. It's not as weird. Fox it's not as weird as, well, as the Thora yeah. Birch one though. In American Beauty, when Thora Birch got her boobs out for no actual real reason, um, and she was only like um, 16, 17, I had to get special dispensation from her parents to do it. Yeah. It's a bit icky, is that? But then it was a Kevin Spacey movie, so maybe I don't think, icky was... I don't think he's her. Yeah, he's... She's her, his type. No, but maybe the ick just got around. It got around, yeah. Watched Evolution. David Duchovny movie. Nice. I love Evolution. It's a fun movie. I really, really genuinely adore Evolution. It is funny as fuck. And the fact that they beat the alien with head and shoulders is magnificent. (laughs) Yeah, that is good. 
Um, watched the Rules of Attraction because I accidentally got it mixed up with gossip and watched it. <laughs> and then watched gossip, obviously. Uh, how does the Rules of Attraction hold up? Because it's it's not that great. It's even even Brett Easton Ellis, who is a a man of questionable taste at the best of times. Um, even he's a little bit like I'm not quite sure. It feels a little bit ugh to me, and I wrote the fucker. Yeah, it is a bit ugh. Um, but it seems to revel in ugh. Yeah, which I think you've got to respect it for. It doesn't try. It doesn't hide it. It's it's it, the book's it wants to be. The book's very different. Is it? Yeah, the book's very. But different. It wants to be nasty and it wants to be. Everyone's shit to everyone. And everyone deserves whatever shit they get because everyone's shit. The, 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 and this is one of the very few times I'm going to say this. Uh, and I, but I, I tend to say it about all Brett Easton The book makes it work better than the film. Fair play. The same as, as, as American Psycho. You're not normally a book guy, are you? No, but I, I, I have... can't read. I, 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 no. I pay for you. It, it literally is, yes. Yeah. Um, I, I do enjoy audiobooks. Um, yeah, I, no, I, but I, I, I had a period, didn't I, for a few years where I, I, I read <laughs> Brett Easton Ellis a lot. You're just solely Brett Easton Ellis. Yes, <laughs> and like, not even like just, I read all of his books that were out at the time and then just read them all again and then again. Yeah. You know, for a man who, and, and I will fully admit that in the past 20 years, I have read a nowhere near as many books as I probably should have read. Uh, in the past 20 years mm. uh, from reading a lot when I was younger uh, that I that I have actually read uh, American Psycho like seven or eight times. Which I cannot get like 50 pages into because it's too it's too dense. No and then if I started reading it like tonight that'd be it too. I, I just fucking just I just mainline it for like a day or two. Mm, yeah um, yeah the rule, rules of attraction it's 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 fine it, it isn't it doesn't really leave you with a sense that anything is good in the world but it's fine it's nowhere near as smart as it thinks it is no um and i'm really glad that they just stopped trying to make james van der beek and his weirdly long face happen because that's disconcerting there was two things that were trying to be made to happen at that point go on shannon sossaman and i like shannon sossaman the problem is, I think everyone kind of liked Sharon Sossman, but Sharon Sossman didn't like anybody and made it very apparent. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes, a... Um, yeah. <laughs> Apparently she's not a very nice person. Wow. Oh, she seems so, like... Yeah. Like, delicate and, like, she'd be, like... Yeah. Um, okay, so watch that. And then, like I say, watch Gossip, which was the movie that I'd intended to watch when I watched Rules of Attraction. Gossip's a great movie. Watch Gossip with Isabel. Again, a lot of these were watched with Isabel because you were away, weren't you? Um, she she really fucking likes it and she had a huge crush on Is it James Marsden that's in it? Yes. She's like, oh, don't blame her for doing that. Don't blame her for not caring that he's murdered people. What noise did she make? I'm not doing it again. Um, she, did, she didn't care that he'd worked at Hudson because, you know, she didn't blame Lena Headey for, you know, getting on with him because it's hot. And then she was like slagging oh, off. Yeah. <laughs> she's slagging off Norman Reedus saying that he was ugly. That was a bit mean. You're very shallow daughter. But she very she she called the ending as well, which I was quite proud of her for. She's not dead. She fed to death. And her and what's his now can't remember what Norman Reedus' character is. 
Yeah, they're Travis. Pookie McGee. They've come a plot, come up with a plot to fake her death, and they're gonna get whatever James Marsden's character's name is. She properly like fucking clocked it straight away. I was really proud of her. Gossip is great. It's just it's just such a good film. Um, rewatched First Street 1978 and 66 with Izzy because she watched the first one, but not the second two. We don't need to talk about them because we've talked talked about them recently. Got talking with Izzy about the whole when we were watching the whole just to confuse you there for a second so the the children's in bunny ears horror movie because it is terrifying is the yeah whole. it is a bit uh, watch that. yeah that bit in the bathroom is uh rough i remember in that, that? well in the, like the toilets oh gosh yeah yeah and just the creepy little girl and then the bit with the dad um where it goes a bit um sort of weird and sort of sci-fi looking and they're they're in a in an abyss and like the little boy with the clown scaring him and yeah it's it's it, it's given too much credit i think to its target audience for not being little bitches um clanky dad nowadays i think kids are well, more than yeah. we were when we were younger like we da- were quite dante happy. dante was making a movie for kids from the 80s rather than kids from the north yeah but those aren't the kids now so yeah. basically he just ended up making a film for us that goes oh do you remember when films for kids used to make be like this but again really really great film um and then the last one i watched on my own was mamma mia here we go again sweet because i, w- I will never ever ever watch Mamma Mia again because it is a unmitigated piece of shit. <laughs> I hate it. Passionately hate it. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is Meryl Streep. It could be. But the production value on it is... ITV too. Yeah, it's like a TV special. Whereas on this, it's all glossy Hollywood. And it, it just feels... Glossywood. And the... You are... Glossywood. Glossywood. Uh, it just feels bigger and the musical numbers are better done and it's all just great and the girl that plays the young christine baranski character is absolutely spot on um and it's just lily james size as well lily james yeah well i'm not as keen on lily james as you are she's a bit of a homewrecker isn't she now what the dominic west thing yeah oh shit i'm gonna look that up (laughs) as if no there is no way you don't know about that but you no, remember Dominic West having to do like a really awkward press conference outside his house with his wife saying, our marriage nope. is very stable. <laughs> yeah, no, nope. it's not, because they're together again. <laughs> right, okay. I'm on Grazia Daily reading Dominic West and Lily James, the story explained. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, she's she's good in this, but yeah. Um, she has got thighs for days, yeah, yeah. Oh, and then the share bit. But honestly, like I was watching it and I was I was all right. Musicals tend to get me because I think there's a lot of a, emotion poured into uh, musical numbers in musicals. Like they're very like they're, they're there to make you feel things. But I was doing all right, but I was tired. I had, a, I had a bit of a rough day. And then Dancing Queen came. That bit came on where they're going the boats across the sea and they're going to rescue a party and all these people have gone. And I just burst into tears. Pierce Brosnan doing his like cheesy dad dancing. Well, all of the dads doing their cheesy dad dancing. And the bit, oh my god, the bit where um they're, they're talking about like who's spread the news about the baby, and they're all like, well, I only told Blah, he's my best friend. 
well, I only told Blah because he's the other dad. And then uh, what's his name? Who's the other dad that isn't Pierce Brosnan or... Darth Kafka. Not him. I can't remember. I didn't watch it like a day ago. Oh, God, what's he called? Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Colin Firth there, and he's clearly supposed to be a bit tipsy. He goes, I told everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's just a really joyful movie. Yeah, it is. It's, it, is, it is just joy. It's, it's a happy place. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it, I really, really enjoyed it on rewatch. I was a bit worried that it might drop off a bit for me, but... I think it just cemented it further. That's me. Do uh, you want me to do the ones that I watched solo? Do it. And then we'll do the quick ones that we watched together. Uh, ju- just an update. There seems to be confusion about the whole Dominic West thing. And apparently West and his wife are still saying that they're together. They might still be together, but there was photographic evidence of him having an affair with Lily James. Yeah. Not great. I'm disappointed in her. I am. Fives per days, but Five disappointed days. in her. I'm sorry, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. Don't bother me. <laughs> sorry. Go on, Mark. Um, so, being aware um, and not having access to as many movies, just having access to, to Netflix Prime and like that, but also not having a great amount of time. Yes. Um. So I didn't want to get caught in that loop of going, because essentially I was working from eight in the morning till eight, uh, nine o'clock at night, leaving, going to the hotel, quickly getting, changing my t-shirt, then going out, having something to eat, quick drink, and then back to the hotel room. Um, there we go. I didn't want to then get stuck going through Netflix mm-hmm. and try to find something. So I basically said, I will only watch films that I own on iTunes. So was limited myself to to, to that. It, 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 there's just quite a few movies within that. So um, just before you get to that, Gracia are also uh, an, an offering a way to entirely empty your bowels each morning. Wow. Isn't are you interested? Uh, sorry. Does it involve coffee? Does it involve coffee? Oh, it's taken me to another website. Ian's getting a lot of things about bowels and coffee in his emails for the next weirdly, week. <laughs> it's weirdly it, take, hang on, I clicked on the link and it's just taken me to Google. It's like, what, a grazie going, well, I don't fucking know, look it up yourself. <laughs> it would appear, sir. <laughs> I'm ever so sorry, carry on, I'm going to stop looking at grazie now. No, I, I, I mean, I only watched a few. So I rewatched Pretty in Pink because Becky hates it because of the dress. Fucking dressy shit. Um... And I, I, I really, really like Pretty in Pink. It's, I think it's a great fucking movie. Can I, I ask think, you a really important question, though? What? Do you like the hideous dress? I don't mind the hideous dress. It's fucking awful. Um, I, I really like Pretty in Pink because it's got peak Molly Ringwald in it. Um, I, it's John Cryer as the, the, the friend who is obsessed and it's like that. And a recent kind of criticism of this has been that, uh, that he, he it has been directed at... John Cryer's character in that he reacts badly when he's rejected by Andy. In that boys. Uh, but my thing there is, yes, that's true. And it's a it, it's a new thing of being angry with the phrase friend zone. Um, my God, would, would Ducky be a, an insult? I don't think he'd quite be an insult. No, I think he's too... Maybe he, now if he had access to the internet. No, I don't think he would be. But the thing is, and my point of always coming back to these types of movies is... 
you cannot bestow modern sensibility. No, 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 modern sensibility. You cannot bestow adult sensibilities no. on these things because they're supposed to be children and their frontal lobes haven't fully developed yet. They haven't developed the proper brain skills to deal with these things. So they do deal with things as an over-the-top thing. It's why teenagers are so unreasonable um, and all of these things. So that is my quick for for that there. But also, it has James Spader in it, playing just James spader Just ultimate Spader within it. And, yeah, it's... It, any movie around this time, or even any maybe now or anything like that, that has James Spader in it, you know you're going to get some absolute <laughs> fucking just... He just looks down on everybody around him. And it is glorious. If you want somebody to just take somebody down with a withering look, it is James Spader. But whilst at the same time, managing to play an absolute piece of shit very, <laughs> very well. Uh, it's glorious. I still really like... Uh, Pretty Pink, um, and it is it's one of my comfort movies. Um, also watch Welcome to Mooseport. Gene Hackman's last ever movie. Oh, okay. Yes, there we go. Uh, so yes, I'm the guy who's watched that twice. Yeah. Yeah. I like Welcome to Mooseport. It's Ray Romano, who is nowhere near as funny as America thinks he is, but quite funny. Um, and Gene Hackman just being quite Gene Hackman in it. We watched it. It's the one where Gene Hackman plays the uh, ex-president who has lost his house but has kept the summer house in uh, Moose Park um, and goes to Moose Park and they try and make him mayor. Oh, do you know it's all right, is it? Yeah, it is. Uh, and then the other one I watched, uh, another one I had comfort movies, A Good Old Fashioned Orgy. But, yeah. mm. Your comfort movies leave a lot to be desired. I, my comfort movies often are movies that Becky will not watch with me. <laughs> wow. Your, your, your comfort time is time spent away from me. <laughs> I quite have to say that. Uh, fuck you. Um, yes, everyone's favourite um, American soccer coach, uh, Jason Sudeikis, uh, is in this. And uh, yeah, I've spoken about it before numerous times, so um, people who've listened a lot will, have already got, will be going, yes. We're still not going to watch it, Mark. Nobody's <laughs> going to watch it. Why have you watched it this many times? Uh, but I really like it. It's fun. It's a movie that is just friends fucking hanging out and just being dumb. And I quite like that. Yeah. I forgot one. Oh, go on. Watch Fight Club with Isabel as well. <laughs> Spent the entire run time just sat with Isabel being thirsty over Brad Pitt. Uh, I think we've all been there. Yeah. Um, what else did we watch, Becky? We watched Fast Times at Ridgemont High. We did. I've not watched that too many times. Didn't we? Yes. Uh, don't think we need to say too much about Fast Times at Ridgemont High, do we? Five Star Banger. Five Star Banger. Still great. Uh, we also watched Big Trouble in Little China. Again, don't Five. think we need to say. Five Star Banger. Five Star Banger. Yeah, there you go. Uh, and we also watched More Rats. Five Star Banger. Five Star Banger. <laughs> we watched a lot of regulars, didn't we? We did watch a lot of regulars. These were a lot of these movies were shit. We don't have much time to watch a movie. Let's just stick some on that we know that we, if we need to, we can turn it off later on, and then didn't turn them on. Yeah, yeah, that, that was. Yeah. What else are we watching, bud? Uh, okay, so um, what next? What next? What next? Um, 
Okay, before I get into the, uh, the kind of the horror ones, um, took Lottie to see uh, Spirit Untamed yesterday, starring the vocal talents of Jake Gyllenhaal and Julianne Moore, which I didn't know before going in. Um, this is not a sequel in the slightest to Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron from like 20 years ago. Um, it's not. No. Like, genuinely, it's not. No, yeah, it's not. But it looks exactly the same. Yeah, so, I mean, the story is, basically, you've got a girl um, who is sent, uh, basically, her mother was a kind of like a rodeo rider and died uh, falling off her horse when she was younger. Um, Her dad sent her off to uh, live um, with uh, her grandfather. Um, She comes, and then, like, ten years later, she comes back for the summer to stay with her dad, the dad's voice by Jake Gyllenhaal, she befriends a wild horse that she names Spirit, and um, Spirit um, Spirit's herd is then uh, captured by some horse wranglers, and uh, she, along with a couple of uh, new friends that she's made, uh, go to save Spirit's herd along with Spirit. Um, I quite liked it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it it was um, I. It's very, very, um, frankly, it's made for girls. I don't think boys are going to probably get much entertainment out of it. I wish they would, but they're they're probably not. Uh, It's quite gentle, um, very, very fast paced. Like I swear, it was probably about an hour and 15 minutes before credits. Um, But it, 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 yeah, it was it was fun um good voice cast as well yeah it is it is um there's some nice comedic like comedy uh moments um the lead girl and spirit are very sweet together um and it finished and lottie just said i like that more than i thought i was going to and it was like well that'll do then um did you go me too (laughs) yeah i did I did. Um, you know, I, 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 I almost I don't know how up she was for going to see it, if I'm honest, but she did. Um, and she sat there and she watched the whole thing and she was she was entertained, you know, but I, so was I enough. You know, I'm not going to say it's like the best animated film of the year, but it, it surprised me. Um, it was it was a fun adventure tale. So, you know, if if you've got kids and I mean, maybe your, your young lads would enjoy it. But it, you know, the, the main that the, it's three girls are the leads and they have horses. So horses and girls, th- it's like catnip. yeah, that that that's exact. I think that's exactly what I'm trying to say. But hey, um, if it appeals to young boys as well, all fucking power to them. I'm, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to denigrate that. And what can I say? This. 37 year old man quite enjoyed it so hey um okay horror time uh watched censor directed by uh prano bailey bond uh pray pra- I, I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name um so uh very buzzed about film which uh came out last weekend um didn't make an awful lot at the box office and is seems to have disappeared already, which is interesting. Um, 
so the story is uh, Neem Algar plays a uh, censor essentially working at the BBFC. They don't name it, but it's essentially the BBFC in the time of the video nasties. Um, she has a sister who disappeared kind of on her watch years before. Um, and she is very much into uh making sure that people are not disturbed by the things that they are watching not in a mary whitehouse kind of way entirely it's made clear that she does pass stuff if it, if it just seems ridiculous you know but it's like she is looking out for the dangerous stuff which i thought was a good bit of character that kind of got you on side with her a bit more actually that like she's not just what like going along with the video nasties thing so um she oh thank you honey yes. cheers sorry we're going to the campsite when um i mean like oh, on friday yeah right okay sorry uh I, I i thought lottie just said they were going camping like now no uh, no no, no. lots just while while you're here what did you think of spirit untamed it was pretty good yeah yeah okay cool all right thanks for that all right, love you. It was about a guy oh, yeah. who um, rode a horse and she uh, she had friends, but then her father didn't want her to ride a horse because her mother had died riding a horse. And what did you say when um, the, the mother said, be brave and be bold? You're going to, the mum's going to die. Yeah, um... It was pretty, it was quite something like right at the start of the film, it's this like flashback thing. And um, the mother says to her and it's like first person view, be brave and be bold, Fortuna. And then as soon as she said that, Lots was just like, well, the mum's the going to die then. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like absolutely got the, 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 the read on it straight away. And uh, no, I thought that was very clever of you, Lots. It came from, you know, the book we're reading. Yeah. Um, you know how how the father says stuff and then he dies later on in the film. I meant sorry, but yeah, it's just the kind of stuff that they say where you where it's like okay, and then they're gonna die. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, good stuff, lots. Thank you very much, babe. Love you. Um, yeah, no, she. Yeah, so we uh, we got a coastal one too. Sorry. On camping, we got a coastal. You're gonna go camping on the coast. Well, not coast to coast, but near it. That's pretty cool. Like the one we went to on Sunday. The one we went to on Sunday. Oh, that would be great, though. That one. Oh, brilliant. But I'm excited for you. Okay. All right, nice one. Love you. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry? We can catch fish again. You're going to go catch some fish? Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. We tried to catch fish before. Mm hmm. They weren't good enough to eat. They were like this size. You're going to try it again, though? Yeah. Okay. I better get back to it now, babe, if that's all right. Okay. okay. All right. Bye. All right. Thanks, babe. Love you. Love you. All right. See you in a bit. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Um, she's <laughs> very excited. They're going camping, which I managed to get out of because I was actually already going out for dinner with some friends on Friday. Oh, so you've got out of camping for the weekend? Yep. Well played. Yeah. I mean, it was honestly, I was double booked and Don was like, yeah, absolutely you were, you know, like no hard time or anything. But they're going camping with some friends of ours. So uh, lots is excited anyway. So, yeah, um, censor. Um, so, yeah, she 
passes a film which then gets media notoriety because apparently um somebody killed his wife and then uh he says that or there's speculation that he watched this film so she's got this kind of like work pressure happening from that and then she watches a film that seems to be about the events that led up to her sister's disappearance and the woman in the film she thinks looks like her sister and then it goes on from there um so i i I alluded earlier on to um like a film that completely drops the ball and the is it real is it not aspect of it high sensor um it's it's sensor i i thought it might be a different movie (laughs) yeah um I was really disappointed in Censor. Um, I don't think it it, it, it it didn't unsettle me. It didn't disturb me. I thought that the, the, the opening half hour or so is very atmospheric and it's very well directed. Cool score as well. But as it goes on and as it starts kind of developing its ideas that there is a certain point that from that moment on i was like right i'm out and then the more it went on i was just like yeah you you are not getting me back at all and by the end of it i was just like yeah all right fine whatever um name algar is very good like she's she's very good um even though she is given some stupid shit to have to deal with especially the last 25 minutes of the film are awful awful and (laughs) i it is meh fright fest level stuff and i think that it's got all the window dressing that will appeal to people but with none of the insight and the film itself seems to be it seems to have things on its mind that wants to be elevated horror or what it thinks of itself as elevated horror, but has got the window dressing of video nasty to try to appeal to folks who maybe want the baser stuff. Uh, and I I don't think it works. It's trying to have its cake and eat it a little bit. Yeah. Also, it's a film with video nasty dressing that is a 15. <laughs> um really really disappoint I, i'm pretty sure it's a 15 anyway i will just check that but there's nothing in there is nothing in there that's disturbing nothing I'm sure it's 15. um it is a 15 yeah um yeah i was really really disappointed in it i i, I was looking forward to it and um you know kermode had given it five out of five and it a lot of the advanced press was pretty buzzing on it I think it is interesting that the conversation around it seems to have completely died on its arse after opening weekend. The weird thing is, the, the conversation on it seems to have died out once people have seen it. Mm-hmm. There, there, yeah, because I'm, I'm not alone on this one. That's the thing. It seems, it does, it weirdly seems like, and even though, actually, no, even though a lot, even a lot of the critical commentary has been like, yeah, it's not great. 
Um, I remember uh, Film Junk, Jay, just talking about it in his what he watched things a few months back and just going like, it was all right. And yet the way that the press attention that it has ha- had in the couple of weeks leading up, up to it coming out made it seem like it was going to, it was like the next big horror film. Um, and The Nighthouse came out the same weekend and made about six times as much and i i'm 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 pretty glad about that because the night house is a good interesting horror film censor is not um i i uh, i i gave it two out of five on letterboxd i've got a written review on um pod syndicate as well because i just wanted to get some thoughts down about it um and yeah no it's um I'm I'm not surprised it's disappeared. And I, it, it was interesting because Kermo was then being a little bit passive aggressive. And I get it because he gets a lot of people atting him um, saying, oh, so it didn't do that well at the box office. Well, you know, who gives a shit? Um, but I, I, I think when a film has been that buzzed about and then makes 50 grand, that something has gone wrong there, and I, 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 I don't know. I, I, it was playing fuck all times. So I don't know about you guys, but uh, the Cine World it was playing once a day. The Odeon it was playing twice a day. So like Vertigo just did not get the fucking. It did not get the screens. Bizarrely, Vertigo releasing and then the MGM logo came up. Uh, wasn't. I, I. I don't think it was playing an awful lot of city worlds outside of Wales. And, and I, yeah, which is bizarre because it had been getting buzz. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised it didn't play, but it didn't play in any of the city worlds near us. It wasn't even like playing like Leeds or anywhere like that. You know, yeah. our, our city world is a 13 screen cinema, it's not a small cinema. And that's, I, I, I do wonder whether the bookers for the for the chains watched it and just went you can have all the good critical reviews you want people aren't going to watch this it, it i i just i it it does make me wonder but yeah um sense it, it, it i i wish it was better do you know what else i wish was better last one i i, I watched the original Candyman, but obviously we'll, we'll talk Candyman later do you know yeah. what else i wish was better demonic is it, is it demonic right Open opening film at Fright Fest. How the fuck it is literally Neil Blomkamp must be the only thing, and then he wasn't there. It was a video uh, intro, and oh. you know it, it's again. I mean the Fright Fest guys. You know, I mean God, they opened with the seasoning house that one year. You know, so it, it's how they choose their opening night films. I don't know. Um, it, it's it's bizarre. But you start you started with Demonic, which is a film that has got a couple of really interesting ideas and does nothing with them and is dull as dishwater. Story is a, um, a woman is kind of living her life and um, she is told of this clinic, which is housing her mum. She hasn't spoken to her mum for a number of years. Why? Uh, because the last time she really saw her mum, her mum burned down an old people's home and like killed everybody in it um her mum is now in a coma and uh, this medical institution are trialing this um technology 
that um, basically lets you go uh, kind of go into a simulation of that person's mind. And they want her to go in there and to basically kind of like talk to her and try and get her out of this locked in syndrome she's in. So um, like, like the Jennifer Lopez movie, The Cell. The Cell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, quite. Um, she goes into her mind. Um, uh, she's been possessed and then the demon kind of wants her. So then she comes out the simulation and then it basically turns into this very plodding she starts getting stalked by this demon stuff every now and then she goes back into the simulation to have a chat with her mum and then so the simulation is interesting it's this kind of the way they present it at times it's this sims-esque isometric view which is cool um also the Medical Institute, it is revealed, spoilers for Dogmonic, it is revealed that they are not doctors, they are priests. And um, at one point, they're all getting kind of like kitted out and they're getting like religious weapons and they're all tattooed. And they're like, right, we're going to go to this place where she's at and we're going to go in basically kind of like, weaponize an exorcism it's like that's really interesting that's cool i like that and then you don't see any of it um the film was shot during covid and it was obviously shot on a low budget and you know it doesn't look like shit like it looks fine but there's there's just like it's very sparse there's fuck all people in it um and like there is a a scene with the demon in the end that is just taking place in a corridor. Um, and it's like, like the, anything like most scenes that you think would be cool are entirely off screen and you just see the aftermath. Um, and there is an incredible bit where one of the priests is dying in a car and just gives uh Trinity in the matrix revolutions esque, uh dying speech <laughs> where he's it's an exposition dump and it's just this priest with his throat slashed who's fucking dying and uh, it's embarrassing um what neil blomkamp thought he was doing here i don't know um it feels very opportunistic it feels just like i might actually be able to get some people to give me some money to make a film because no one's making films because covid and he's just made this film that has got, like I say, a couple of interesting ideas and does nothing with them. It's about an hour and 45 minutes long and it is so fucking plodding. It's untrue. Um, it's, it's odd that he made District 9, Elysium and Chappie in a six year period and then hasn't made a movie for six years. And then it's this. It, it bizarre. It, it's it, it's it's bizarre. It it feels like a producer's esque situation. Like somehow he's gonna, he, he, somehow Neil Blomkamp is gonna make money by this film losing money, um, but he won't because he wrote it, directed it, produced it. it. Fucking baffling. And I mean, honestly, I know the whole the whole thing with Fright Fest is a lot of it is going there for the experience, but don't treat your fucking patrons like morons putting this on as the opening night film. What are you doing? 
that just says to me, if you're playing that at opening night, what the fuck are you playing at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday in the discovery screen? Is it literally just someone taking a shit? It it could be. I yeah I it, it is it is aggressively dull. It is demonic. It's the first movie from uh, Blomkamp's uh, production studio as well, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. I I, I like Chappie. I'll defend Chappie. I'm I'm not saying this is a blonde campaign. Like a lot of people are now doing some revisionist history on District Nine and going, actually, that wasn't that good. Fuck off. Everyone loved District Nine. I loved District Nine when it came out. I've rewatched it recently. It's still great. I'm really yeah. That, that, there you go. So I'm 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 honestly I'm not saying with this because it's like it's fashionable to bash uh, Neil Blomkamp. He's made a bad film. The thing is, I, I I've liked all of his films so far. Mm-hmm. To varying degrees, I have as well, you know. Yes. I, I, I think District 9 is a very, very good film. I thought people were a little bit too hyped by it. I liked Elysium. It, it's it's a bit dumb, and it's it's a big, dumb action film that thinks a little bit more. Um, and Chappie has its charms. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, yeah. Uh, disappointing, but I was expecting it. Censor, disappointing, and I wasn't expecting it. So in a, in a way, that might even be worse. Yeah. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Yeah. Uh, cool, that's me. Right. Reminiscence. What? I'll leave you the big one to the end. Yeah, I know. I'm, 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 t- I'm, I'm teasing um, people. Let's be honest. Talking about reminiscence, it's only going to take like 30 seconds. Yeah, are we, are we actually going to take more than 10 minutes on reminiscence is my question. So, yeah. Well, <laughs> well I'm going to fucking monologue then. <laughs> <laughs> I will do. I will do ten minutes on Rebecca Ferguson's feet. I mean, you could. Yeah, it's directed by Lisa Joy. Uh, written by Lisa Joy as well. He wouldn't no. last ten minutes on her feet. Sorry. It <laughs> <laughs> uh, stars Hugh Jackman, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Sandy Newton, uh, Cliff Curtis, uh, and Daniel Wu. Um, what is the what is the what what is the plot? Uh, Nick Bannister, privacy investigator of the mind navigates the alluring world of the past when his life is changed by a new client May. A simple case becomes an obsession after she disappears and he fights to learn the truth about her. So it's set in a futuristic world uh, where climate change essentially has caused the water to rise and um, now essentially cities are partially flooded and behind big floodgates etc. Yeah. There are also rich people who live on dry land or more, more dry land called barons right just add a little bit more spice to it um so that's synopsis from imdb forest whitaker was half an hour away from me today by the looks of it fuming <laughs> sorry <laughs> um reminiscence bex did you have what expectation did you have for this and were they anywhere close to being met well i thought it looked good so no. Oh. Oh. I don't think we've actually spoken about this movie, have we, since we watched it? No, and you know what? The more I've thought about it since watching it, the more disappointed I am in it. Okay. Go on. It's just it's just so toothless, isn't it? It's trying to do this whole noir thing, but then it forgets it's trying to do a whole noir thing towards the end. And the the only bit that made it interesting 
which was the noir thing, goes out the window. The ending of it is telegraphed so fucking obviously that you're like, of course she's in the fucking clapboard house in the middle of the sea. Of course she is. Uh, yeah. I could have told you that there, hours ago. There is, there is that. Yeah, I will, I will happily give you that. Yeah. Um, it just—it's so disappointing because it's—it's it's an interesting premise. It's a decent cast, and then it just does not capitalise on that at all. It just it wastes it shoots its shot and it wastes it. It it's a proper in one eye out the other film. Yeah, yeah. It is it, nothing nothing about it really, story wise, has, has stayed with me particularly, apart from the bad bits that make me more and more angry. Stop pulling that little cheeky face that's gonna be like, oh, I really loved it. It's just because it's got Rebecca Ferguson in it, so just turn your dick off for a minute and turn your brain on. That's right, it'll work. <laughs> I mean, Hugh Jackman Jackman as Captain Toxic, who actually turns out to be right. Not into that at all. He is such a fucking arsehole to, like, everyone around him. Like, Tandy Newton... Just treats her like a piece of shit and like, you're going to help me or what? No, if not, you fuck off. (laughs) Rebecca Ferguson has this relationship with her. doesn't seem to be for that long and is then just obsessed. I honestly thought it was going to turn out that, like, uh, you know, he he was almost like under the silver lake or something, you know, and it was just going to turn out that he'd been obsessed with this woman for absolutely no reason whatsoever. And he just burnt everyone around him. Like even that bit like uh, where um, they're, they're doing the first time that they do the um, doing the memories of the person who's like nearly dead. And those people call him in to get that information on that guy. Yeah. And then he spots <laughs> her and then he spends the entire time going like, no, no, just a second go back to her and the coppers are like that's not what we pulled you in for give us the information on that guy yeah yeah but just a second and then as soon as he gets everything he needs he just fucks off and leaves them to it i would be so annoyed like he's just this fucking bulldozer of boner like throughout the entire film and then at the end he's right it really annoyed me it like it really really annoyed me, um, and do you know what? When Tandy Newton is the presence I am least annoyed by in a film, you done fucked up. <laughs> and it just sorry because I've completely railroaded this, but fuck uh, it, uh, I'm just gonna say my piece and then I'm done. The world building in this film is really interesting. Why is it there? but but you know what i mean though is it literally like the seas have risen so that we can have this twist that the kid was actually on this fucking house in the middle of the sea is that is like what is the reason for it other than we've got this budget to play it's like shit we came in 20 million dollars under budget lisa oh fuck all right um should we add a bunch of visual effects and make it seem like it might be about global warming, but it really isn't? This film 
fucking bobbins. Like, but not bobbins I particularly hate, apart from the Hugh Jackman character, because it's got some interesting shit in it. And Rebecca Ferguson is doing that thing that she does perfectly well. I kind of want her to stop doing that thing that she does. I'm done. Of course you did. Of course you did. Because you are the bulldozer boner. You probably sympathised with Hugh Jackman. I thought he was all right. Yeah, of course you did. Yeah, I didn't really get the Hugh Jackman toxicity vibe off it. But when he says it, it does actually make sense what he's saying. Um, I agree. to be concerned about her like well she wouldn't just leave so the, something must have happened but the film does the film does make you think that their relationship lasted like a week as soon as it's like she's a wrong then it kind of turns and he's like she's a fucking wrong and i need to find i need to find out why she was a wrong why you need to find out why she's affecting me why do i feel sad I'm a sad Hugh Jackman with a boner and my boner's not being put into Rebecca Ferguson and I'm annoyed. <laughs> Fair enough. The thing is, I, I can't disagree with anything either of you said because it's all true. But I kind of, and it, it is absolutely in one eye and out the other, but I kind of enjoyed my time with it. We watched it on a Sunday afternoon, didn't we? Um... And so I quite liked watching it on a Sunday afternoon. It's a very afternoony movie. Um, what? Afternoony movie. Yeah. Um, Sandy Newton um, is somebody who usually is nails down a chartboard to me. I thought she was actually quite good in this. Yeah, I quite liked her in this. Um, she was one of the more likeable characters, to be fair. It's always nice seeing Cliff Curtis. Yeah. You do know who Cliff Curtis is. However... However, the fucking star of the goddamn whole fucking show. Is it Rebecca Ferguson's fate? It's not Rebecca Ferguson's fate. Okay. It's close. Um, it's the knees. But. Is it that bit where she gets naked and she's like, well, you want to see it all anyway? I mean, that's a fucking good point. <laughs> that is, it's just a good point, that. It just, it, it cuts out the middle, man. Daniel Wu as St. Joe. Fucking loved that character. It's good scene. Give me, give me a fucking. Because I'm not just being Mark's an idiot here. I don't think I might be, but I genuinely don't think I am. The scene where Jackman goes back, mm. we get a first scene of him there. He's generic, um, bad dude. But the scene where he goes back and he's explaining like where his name came from, and he's trying to piece together. Who the fuck are you? Because you're not who you fucking say you are. So who the fuck are you? And why the fuck are you here? He is fantastic in that scene. He is absolutely, like, captivatingly fucking brilliant watching it going, do you know what? Don't care about the rest of this stuff. I want a spin-off of just fucking that guy. <laughs> I want the fucking same fucking Joe story because it looks better than what we're watching. Mm. Yeah, um, it's brilliant. He's fantastic in it. It's so I, I was gutted. I was, I was like, I, you ju- you just won me over, Sandy. Then you go and shoot the only fucking good character in this movie. <laughs> um, it's it, it it's subpar. It's noir for people who have seen three noir movies. It's noir for people who have watched the Maltese Falcon, 
Blade Runner and maybe a another that they think is noir and isn't. Probably Dark City. It's a global warming film for people who think the global warming could look cool. (laughs) If you'd have have said to me, right, during the movie, in fact, I did say this to you, actually, I think. Lisa Joy, by the way, she was a big-time director of a TV show that's come out in the past 10 years. I would have gone... Oh, Westworld. Yes. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I haven't even seen Westworld. I watched watch like, the first three or four episodes of it and then realised it was TV and then turned it off and put a movie on. Um, was it the Westworld movie? It wasn't the Westworld movie because that's no one knows because people try to tell you it is. It's all right. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's not a classic. People no. might tell you it's a classic. It's not. It was maybe it was good for its time. It won. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Reminiscence enough, but it, it, it's a three, three and a half out of five movie for me will ever watch it again yeah probably but i'm an idiot you are an idiot yeah you're gonna watch certain sections for 45 seconds at a time yes st joe will get an awful lot of my time <laughs> i generally I, I i i think i might watch just that bit again because he was brilliant in it um what else is that fucker in because he is charismatic as fuck <laughs> I'm best just going to go and watch all of his movies. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 I was all right with it. Uh, so I'm definitely not shit. <laughs> Getting I might be a lot on this gun. The thing is, it, it's, it's not shit. It's, it's just... You're touching cloth backs, are you? Yeah. Yeah. But it will probably be in my most disappointing of the year. Where are you with Ian, Ian with it? I think I probably need to revise my letterbox rate. I'm, I'm going to say shit. I, 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 I just didn't really get on with it. Um, yeah, shit. <laughs> right, our audience poll, death not shit, 33%. Touching cloth, 33%. Shit, 22%. And Geostorm, 12%. I think I, I, think I might be at a tilt into Geostorm rather than definitely not shit. Can we, can we talk about a film directed by a fil- female fil- filmmaker that I actually liked? Before people think things. <laughs> I think Bernard Rose was a man. <laughs> no, we're good. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it all. We yeah, do it all. yeah, we do it all. So, Candyman has finally come out. It is directed by uh, Nia DaCosta uh, and stars. Uh, wow, fucking hell, it's testing with this one, isn't it? <laughs> it's not hard. Go on then. Well, Yaya Abdul-Mateen. All right, fine, fuck you. Tio Paris. How, how are you going to say it, Mark? <laughs> Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Okay, oh, good. Yes. Definitely how you're going to say it. Fucking hell. It was my brain as that, and it went all the way down and still came out as that. If you've got a lead actor in a movie with a name as badass as that, you don't get it wrong. Yeah. Um, uh, Colin, and he's the second uh, as well. There was a first one. Yeah, Coleman Domingo that was in there as well. Oh, yeah. Fucking like that guy. Yeah. I, I, I was looking at his Instagram earlier. It's just pictures of him with his, with his uh, husband. It's really nice. Aww. <laughs> what else is he in? Like Zola. Like... Yeah, he was in Zola. He's I think that's why we like him. Zola. He's fucking brilliant in Zola. <laughs> he genuinely is fucking brilliant in Zola. <laughs> He's got an awful lot out of, of the past couple of years. But yeah. Um, so, right. 
what is the story about? Of course, it is a sequel that forgets the other sequels uh, is a key point, I think, to make on the Candyman-ness uh, of it. Beale Street, I think, is what I recognise him from. Oh, he is in... Yeah, he is in that, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, a sequel of the horror film Candyman that returns to the now gentrified Chicago neighbourhood where the legend began. In present day, many years after the last of the Caprini uh, towers were torn down, Anthony's partner moved into a loft in the now gentrified Caprini. A chance encounter with an old-timer exposes Anthony to the true story behind Candyman. Anxious to use these macabre details in his studio as a fresh gist for painting, he unknowingly opens a door to a complex past that unravels his own sanity and unleashes a terrifying wave of violence. Becky! Uh, Candyman is yours and my, one of our favourite horror movies, I believe. Uh, my favourite movie is movies. Yes, it is. It is my favourite horror movie. Um, did Candyman manage to because you were very hyped on this weren't you yes did it manage to satisfy you enough to not feel a little bit let down or was it a let down absolutely not no like to the point where I'm so relieved that I don't feel like as part of a discussion a larger discussion I will be able to get my points across of, of why I liked it or not but I feel like I can't articulate my feelings about this film like as just a monologue kind of situation but no it didn't disappoint it, it takes the story in different directions than the original movie does you can't just do a beat for beat because that would worked and so it it works what it does and it adds interesting um additional layers i think to the original mythology of Candyman, which enrich it i think rather than just trying to do a straight up sequel it expands upon it um the story is messy and the mythology is messy um that I think could have been done better but I think overall it works there's bits where you can go that doesn't make sense that's not but then that's not true to the original well it's it's taking that and moving on from it with it taking that it's not disrespecting it but it is Mm. making it a larger mythos I suppose yes obviously you've got additional social commentary elements to this whereas I think the first one it's very much front and centre but it isn't it shares that centre with the actual the Candyman the horror kind of elements whereas this is it is very much it's more about that than the horror yes yeah so I think like like the when we came out of it the, the first one is is horror is maybe an inch higher than if you're scaling it than the social commentary element this points the other way around yes almost like a mirror image whoa almost yes um but i don't think it feels preachy with it do you we'll get to that um ian you you watched am i right in thinking you watched Candyman? For the first time fairly recently so watch Candyman last week definitely was wasn't, first watch it definitely wasn't my first watch because i remember bits 
Yeah. But honestly, I think I might have blocked it out. Um, I, I, it would have been in my teenage years that I watched it. Um, and uh, yeah. there's some fucking imagery in that film. Yeah. <laughs> there really is. And the whole... I was listening to um, the uh, the Evolution of Horror podcast, which is fucking fantastic. I only like kind of discovered it last week. Great, great, great podcast. Um, and they were talking about um, how the halfway point in a screenplay it's very like it, it's a really important point for like where you're at with with it and how a good screenplay it's like it goes up 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 to the halfway point and then down which sounds obvious but it's like you're, you're very much at that point separating things off and it's about halfway that helen encounters Candyman in the car park yeah and then she wakes up and then all hell breaks loose and that first half is like wonderfully foreboding but there's not that many scares or anything it's about atmosphere and then the second half is just some of the most fucking unsettling shit like but not not in a kind of like a gory 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 way um but just fucking creepy and depressing um but also like with some of the imagery like weirdly like just very very artfully put together imagery um and yeah i mean it 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 will it it will stay with me will candy man and that ending fucking bangs as well like as soon as he started saying helen i was like oh shit yeah um oh, it's Tony, Tony Todd can say the shit out of Helen. Oh, Helen it's not... oh no, I mean at, at the end, like when oh, Sally Berkeley. Yeah, yeah, yeah when it... Tony Todd's Oh no Helen. Yeah, no, I mean that's that, that that's great. But as soon as Xander Berkeley started like saying, kind of like crying and saying Helen, I was like, yeah. Yeah, let's fucking go. Um great stuff. Um so yeah, I, I was very, very hyped going into near the costas candy man after watching that and um it i i i i don't think it's gonna have the same resonance through the years mm. but and i i i think that there are definitely problems mm. um but i think it's a really fucking interesting bit of work which has had a lot of care and attention paid to uh the filmmaking um but frankly if there is a two-hour cut of this i would like to see that um you barely ever say a film needs to be longer this fucking but particularly the last 20 minutes of this film need to be longer Mm. as soon as um as soon as he is as soon as um uh Candyman man the the man who will become Candyman I can't remember his fucking name Anthony as soon as he McCoy that's it he's walking down like the um Cabrini Green and then sees that flashing and then walks towards it from there on it's like right this needs to take its time now and instead 
it fucking motors through. Like suddenly Coleman Domingo is like just spilling exposition about what he was actually doing all along. Mm. And and there are moments that are fucking fantastic in that section. And the last 20 seconds are fucking incredible before the credits. But it just felt like it was rushing and like it was like the studio were like, this needs to be less than 95 minutes. And but I don't think that was the case because Jordan Peele is a powerful enough presence. I think as a producer, he would be able to back near DaCosta. But it, it I don't something went wrong in that last 20 minutes or so. And maybe it was in the screenplay. I don't know. But it definitely let the air out of the balloon i think after a fucking banger what had come before but mark thoughts yeah i mean i i agree with that i i, I think it was in the screen but i think that they i think that they, they wanted to for, for the right reasons etc um they wanted to bring the idea the, the key thing is that the the whole the bit that made Candyman um uh, brilliant Take away from the casting and things like that, and the mm-hmm. direction and the Philip Glass score and all of that. The, the, that score, the, the thing that made it brilliant was what they did was they took a um, a short story written by Clive Barker um, that was set, I believe, in Liverpool, um, in a tower lock in Liverpool, and then but they, 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 that wouldn't have worked for, for a film, mm-hmm. I think, a, a, a budget um, horror film. So. They transported it to America and they looked at it and went, what what city closely can mirror this? And they, they landed on Chicago. Boston was too obvious. Mm. It was because there was a point where it was, going to, it was going to be Boston. But Boston was too obvious because they went, well, no, there's just the there's the that's just because of the Irishness of it and Liverpool and its proximity to Ireland. So they chose Chicago because it made sense. And part of that was they chose Caprini Green, which was a real place mm. um, that was there. Now, what has happened to Caprini Green in the years since is literally what number what Candyman is that this one is now. Mm. It has been gentrified, and it has it has moved along there. Um, so it there's a symmetry to it to that. Um, however, I do think within the screenplay that. Um, there's a possibility that Jordan Peele, um, Neil Gostrow and um, Wynne Rosefield, um, they got a little bit too caught up in all of those bits and then couldn't, didn't quite know how do we, how do we get the, how do we get an ending? We know where we want to be mm-hmm. at the end of it so because they landed that and we know where we want, how we want to get there. But there's this gap. There's, there's this gap there that's there. And the ending of Candyman, you could think that that's quite rushed because once she gets to um, once she gets back to Cabrini from the uh, mental institution, it's quite quick. And finds Anthony, yeah. But you're not you're taking it from when she escapes from the mental institution. That's the ending. Yeah. And she goes back to the apartment and finds that Trevor is with the girl and and all oh, of that. Oh, that scene is so fantastically done. Yeah, it's a great scene. And th- th- there's bits like that. So you've got that. And the problem is with Candyman here is it it's telling on its social story, but it gets its horror story not quite right. Yeah. Um, 
in the sense that the it's using the the the, the Candyman horror story as a jumping off point to make a social commentary rather which, than which yeah. yeah social commentary into a Candyman movie yeah which, which works really which works really well and it does mm. it does help within it but then you've got some bits that just don't quite land with it so the art critic killing mm. feels a little bit too de palmery for me and it just it, it feels wrong within the fabric of, of this movie what do you mean like the, the, that shot the shot, yeah. Oh, I fucking love that shot. I love the shot. <laughs> I, I love the shot, but it, it felt a little bit like, right, that feels out of context. For, but that feels like you've got, you're have got you doing something that looks fucking cool, but it doesn't uh, make sense. But it's very similar I, I, to the um, scene where the gallery owner and his little chippy die earlier on, where they can see... They can see him in the mirror, but yeah, they can't see him. But again, him. yeah. But, but this is my other point: is is they they is it 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 is a little bit like they've become obsessed with the mirror, the man in the mirror thing. The Candyman's not, and it, it, that's the problem. So you've got that element of it down to the point of where literally the opening credits are a mirror image of the opening credits in the first one. You quite like that. When you I liked it. when I watched it, but but then I didn't realise they were just going to keep going with the mirror thing after mm-hmm. having the reversed um, studio cards mm. as well. But then when you have that, you know, the opening credits are kind of fantastic with the oh, the street shot, and then this is. Granted, it's CGI. It's not a what is it? Mm. But it would make sense. But it, it is from the from looking up. Mm. But everything seemed to be let's let's make it a mirror image. Let's make it a mirror image. Let's, let's do that. Let's do that. Mirror, mirror, mirror. mirror. It, it just felt it a little is, bit. You call him in the mirror in the first one. He doesn't stay in the mirror. No, no, that, it, it, calling him essentially lets him out of the mirror yeah. to get you. Yeah, that 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 that's my thing. Yeah. It, 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 I, I didn't I didn't quite get along with that bit of it. Mm. Um, just that 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 shop the art critic. Um. I don't know whether this is this me reading too much into it, but I just thought it was an interesting kind of comment on this 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 art critic who's like quite a big fish in her pond. In the end of the day, when she gets murdered, she's just being fucking killed in this anonymous kind of almost like block of flats, but they're nice flats, just as any old like oh, yeah. some person getting murdered in. Like a non anonymous person in a flat elsewhere could be murdered. Like it, it's quite a nihilistic. There you go. She's fucking social construct kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which, I, 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 it's probably perfect. Right? I probably completely missed that bit of it. Um, but well, on, it, it pans sorry. out, and the people in the flats above and below, into either side, are just carrying on with what they're doing. Yeah. I thought that was quite clever. Yeah. yeah. You could also, you could have made a little bit more about the fact that. That that was that that what she was living in was all projects or something like that, but yeah. it, or, or that it, it, it's not the old project. It's it's the the other side of the L train. Or it's where Helen lived. Where Helen lived. used to live. Yeah, yeah. Just little bits like that could have just elevated. But the thing is, <coughs> excuse me. Overall, I did really like it. Um, Performance-wise, it's fantastic. Um, the thing is, I think they've completely wasted an opportunity though. Cause like, yes. Anthony McCoy was kind of a bit more primed, I guess, to to get possessed by Candyman and become the next iteration, the next generational iteration of Candyman. But he didn't need to be, really, did he? Like, 
the William Burke character, who is, um, no, not William Burke, that's um, Coleman Domingo, isn't it? Gosh, what do they call him? The the, the Candyman that shows Sherman. up throughout. Sherman. Sherman. Oh. Isn't like a previous victim that escaped from the Candyman. It's it's not like it that has to be a thing no, for I, them to be the next one. So it feels like they've gone really cool if the main character is Anthony McCoy out of the first one, the baby. Yeah, I don't even think that'd be a really cool idea. But then they've not really done anything with that. That doesn't mean anything. No, it, it, you know, he just he hears a story he becomes obsessed with. They could he's drawn that. to it. He has, he has a thing where he says, "I yeah. feel like I'm drawn to this place." Yeah. yeah I mean, sorry. No, I just I, it, it's a nice little touch, but it doesn't feel necessary. But I think this all draws back to what Ian was saying that, that it feels like there's half an hour missing. Mm. Yeah. Because I, I, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. The very very ending, when Tony Todd comes up and he says, "Kill everyone." Fucking loved it. Um, is that I my read of that? was the entire time like you've been saying that there are these various candy mans and uh, candy men and whatnot but essentially this whole thing is daniel robertal yeah um or basically kind of orchestrating all of this and he's basically like feeding off of these people and then and, and can then basically like subsume them and then he, he, he like and essentially he was pulling the strings all along. He was well, him and Coleman Domingo, I suppose, but in two separate ways because Coleman Domingo's character is trying to resurrect Candy, Candy like Candyman, yeah. Um, but then like uh, Daniel is also trying to res like resurrect Candyman through so through Coleman Domingo resurrecting him. It's giving life to Tony Todd's character, who is then essentially wanting to consume Yahya Abdul-Mateen II's character. And now, like, at the end of this film, Tony Todd's Candyman is back. He is, like, the daddy. And now, through Sayona Paris saying kill everyone, his led he is reborn. Not as, like, all these other candy... Like, this idea of, like, there being a different Candyman for each generation... It's not that he is now the Tony Todd one is now back. Yeah, it, it is. He's the the the, the 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 original Candyman is the one that that called all the other Candymen, essentially. I don't know. That's yeah. my read on it. I that's not, that which, which is interesting. Candyman is more of a state of persecution, which I think uh, rather than uh, Robert I just happened to be the first to die at Cabrini Green. It's a, it's and just so a, it's his a, blood seeped into the ground and infected various other men over the years to be well no not even that because they're not even really weird even Sherman's not weird he just works at a fucking candy factory and gives kids sweets it's not him being weird granted he's running around in the walls which is a bit fucking odd that's actually hiding because they think of the, the yeah so I, I don't think that's what this film's getting at I think it's getting at the Candyman entity is the spirit of these brutalised men. So it, it's like, why does he turn into Tony Todd at the end then? Because well, he turns like, into all of them throughout that scene. Yeah. He turns into all the different... He turns into the little boy, he turns into Sherman, he turns into, obviously, Yaya starts off as, and yeah. he, he turns into all of the, the ones that are... All the various candy men. cutouts over the credits. Yeah. And, and the ones... It's, it's, it's each of the paintings. 
Yeah. The, the, the five times. Yeah, that's interesting. Because there's, there's five Candymen. I don't, because I just. It, it could be. That's it. Because he paints five pictures and there's five Candymen across the yeah. ages. That's why you have to say it five times. So they're all in that last scene. Tony Todd just happens to be the last one. He's the original. Yeah. The OG. Do you know what would have been great? Because you know how, like, obviously the husband invokes Helen yeah. at the end of the last one. If Helen had been one of them. Yeah, it doesn't fit the narrative, but it, 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 she she technically did become a candy person. Yeah, she did. So she should have like she should have been there. Yeah, she should have. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, this is the it, it feels yeah. it, it like like Mark said, maybe there isn't another like twenty minutes or whatever that's been hacked away. Maybe it is just they like, they didn't quite know what what they were doing there because you could have you could have quite easily not had. Tony Todd at the end. I mean, it was great to see him, but it's just the fact that he says kill everyone, and it's like that feels like a Tony Todd Candyman thing to do, which makes me think that it, it was just the Tony Todd one, all like uh, uh, pulling the strings all along. Like that, uh, uh, you know. And I, I get that there there are different readings, and I'm not saying that my uh, my one is the one, but it's is it purposefully ambiguous or is it just the writing wasn't strong enough at the end there to really sell it i think i think there is an issue with the writing in there i, I think there is but I, but i don't think it's badly written no 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 but i i just i don't i think there's maybe the That's, story that they're telling is a different story to the one I, that um people who are very and i'm not saying they're not i, I think they very much are but are not a different to the ones that people who are big fans of the original want to be told a little bit. I, I will say, in terms of the writing, there is one moment that I thought was fucking awful um, where Anthony has just had his hand bandaged up and that nurse or doctor is like, welcome home. And it's like, oh, well, oh yeah, yeah, that was, well, yeah. That what was. do you mean? Like, fuck me, that was inelegant. Yeah, I've been but, a lot of times. None of the nurses have ever seen said to me, "Welcome uh, home." Were you were. Bad. No. I was falling off. Well. You were. You it, were. Said I was falling. Oh yeah, I was falling off in the turning. Yeah. All right. But, but but I mean, but to be but to be fair though, I like it's. I thought the 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 opening was really interesting. The fact that the opening pre credits thing, you think is like a horror scare sequence, and then it completely tw- like tw- tips it on its head. And it, you know, and it's like actually no, that was like a fucking tragedy. Yeah, that happens. Like I thought that was really fucking clever. The whole kind of unreliable narrator nature of the film was, you know, was well done. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting because this hasn't been getting universally good word. Like not everyone loves this film, but it's. It, it, it's really it's fucking interesting it's interesting i mean the, the, it's the not scary is, but it's interesting that's baffled me as the, as, the, as the what is that the the, the the amount of it's not scary i've heard about it and it's like and i'm not even saying that i think it's really scary but a lot of horror isn't it massively depends on what you find scary as well like the body it, horror elements of this are oh, very well a creepy yeah the fact yeah. that it's becoming a, a honeycomb around yeah, it yeah yeah oh 
Um, so if you find that kind of a bit where he fucking pulls his fingernail off, that got us, didn't it? Yeah. But 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 people would say that's icky, not scary. But it depends what you find scary. Yeah, I find nail trauma scary. Yeah, I find nail trauma. I find honeycomb that scary. That and eye trauma. Yeah. Um, I I fully like thought it was gonna go like full on supernatural when you know when he starts peeling the skin off his arm mm. and that he'd like peel it and there'd be a hook bee. underneath. Oh, yeah, the hook on like, a yeah. bee would come out of it or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I didn't think it was gonna go a little bit like that, and it didn't. Um, I was a bit disappointed it didn't. Yeah, it. <sighs> Please, overall, I think it's very, very good. Mm. But, but I think I was starting to say, the original Candyman, um, no one gave a shit about it for near 20 years. Mm. It's only in the past sort of decade or so, it's starting to have a bit of a reevaluation. It was a very big movie of the time. It was a surprise hit of the time. But, it's only just started to to kind of re-get it. Like, for years, Philip Glass wouldn't play Music Box because he hated it. Because he associated it with Candyman. Um, and then he what actually, that piece is called? Yeah. Aww. And then he actually, he, he sat down and re-watched it again <laughs> and realised that it, it was actually something different. Because a friend of him basically told him, no, you can, you're reading it completely wrong. And yeah. So he did, he re-watched it and said, that then he, he, he will play it again now. Well, so, yeah, I mean, the score in this is great, but it's not as good as the reuse of that theme over the end credits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, they, 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 so I, I was I was thinking a little bit, like, during it, I was thinking, right, so have they not got the, the, right. the rights to it? <laughs> is there something like that? They were saving it. Uh, but well, they were just saving it, but it's a little bit like, nah, you could have literally, the first time he put, on like the hook and had that big thing mm. it should have gone out with a big dun 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 mm. something like that you could have got it yeah um it was never going to touch the original for no, me no but i am very glad to say that it's not a disappointment uh and i really really liked it and we we'll, might even go and see it again this week yeah i would like to go see it again um nice. you know beauty of, of a city world unlimited car yeah. It, it, it is that, that, we, that, you know, that I can go and see it again. But I enjoyed it enough. But I think I, I will, on this viewing, I will go for it on an Easter egg hunt uh, with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I, I, to the point of when we were watching it this time, I counted how many times Candyman was said in it. Yeah. Uh, from the start, when it is, I was like, right. The first time Candyman's going to appear is going to be when it's said five times. For some reason, I had a bit of a what is it? Bit of a flash. Yeah, hey, it was. Yeah, he flashes up in the background. Yeah, he flashes saying. in the background. Like, no, no, do you know what? I, I I really loved it. It like you say, it was never going to um, meet or surpass the original because it, it it's just a fucking masterpiece. But it's very, very good, and it's a very respectful sequel, I think, to the first one. More so than the fucking weird one set in New Orleans is. Yeah, the, 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 the sequel's terrible. Yeah, I'm definitely not shit. Definitely not shit. Oh, oh sorry, definitely not shit, sorry. Wow. <laughs> I came out of nowhere, that one, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Ooh. Our audience poll. Definitely not shit, 50%. Oh. 
touching cloth 20% and shit 30%. Yeah. It's it's not universally loved, this one. Mm. I, I get it. I, I get but, it. Because that... that I, I'm also... Uh, uh, the fact is that I don't think the original is universally loved. I think it's got a very strong... It's a proper cult following. I, I think it's I, one of those that if you like it, you love it. Yeah. I will say, the marketing going with the pull quote, this year's Get Out, fuck off oh did it but yeah like it's it it is one of those cases where i think maybe people are being sold something that it's not like okay it's a horror film that's got race on top of its mind this year's get out i mean yeah that that is quite oh and it's jordan peele it's quite lazy like really really lazy but I get why they've used it in the marketing, but whoever fucking did that quote, nah, fuck oh. off. I hate that. Also, also as well, the uh, Yaya Abdul-Mantin uh, II, his, uh, when he gets a little bit drunk and pulls out that, what is it? The singer to the, um, <laughs> uh, the gallery owner, who then responds by saying, I mean, that wasn't spontaneous, you had that in the bank. And he's like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Also, as well, can we all say this? Yaya Abdul Mantin II, he's an incredibly handsome man, isn't he? Good looking dude. He is. A, I, I, was, I was looking at him going, he's, a, he's an incredibly attractive man. Yeah. I, I did like that comment earlier on where it was like, you know, you should get on with some painting and stop doing those chin ups. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, 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 there, 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 were, there were moments in this film that were funny, you know, and like, it was good. Like, it was good comedy because god knows there's nothing in the original one that's funny no there's not there there really is not bloody hell no there there is there's there's really not (laughs) it's it's a sea of grim (laughs) Mm. um questions uh rick kid uh, Rick uh as david cronenberg is shooting his first film in years what are your favorite cronenberg films given ian's previously mentioned issues with body horror this might narrow the list down <laughs> i mean videodrome is like like my favorite cronenberg film and i'll never watch it again you know um shivers and rabid no thank you um no really really no thank you the dead zone i wouldn't mind rewatching again at some point um existence is interesting i think his later period stuff not that interesting i, re- I remember fucking watching a dangerous method at an lff press screening in odeon leicester square the day after the tintin fucking showing and i sat in a seat that was in front of a seat that had edgar wright like like written on it and it was like did Edgar Wright not go and see the premiere of Tintin in London then? Because why is that still there? Which uh, I thought was more interesting than the film itself. Uh, yeah, video drone. Becky. Um, well documented, very good fan of, very big fan of Existence. Yeah. Um, but you are a good fan of Existence, yes. I am. Yeah. Um, but I mean, really, there's a lot of good shit in there. In the scanners, is fucking great. Video drones, great. Dead yeah, you're a big fly. scanners fan, aren't you? I really like yeah, that. I forgot about scanners. Scanners is Making great. Lunch is really good, from what I remember. Uh, I can think of at least two things wrong with that title. Sorry. <laughs> What's that? Simpsons. Simpsons. No. They go um, to see Nate lunch, and then Nelson's just like, I can think of two things wrong with that. 
<laughs> I completely forgot about that joke. I didn't realise he's been promises with him. Yeah. But yeah, um, Ghana's probably my favourite. Um, I really like Naked Lunch. Mm. Video drum as well. You like video drum because it's got Debbie fucking Harry in it. Is there other reasons to like it? <laughs> um, oh, can we do a Cronenberg song? Nope. Nope. Why? Because Ian, Ian, Ian literally... Can we, can we do a cronenberg We'll say. You two can. You can talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Go nuts. Um, yeah, so I'm going to go for those. Those, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, the fact that um, in the space of like a couple of years, well, in the same year, Cronenberg did Videodrome and The Dead Zone. Can I change my Patreon pick? Yeah, have mine. What? Do me a solid. No. No, we're not picking video draw. Damn it! No, that's mean. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think it's fair to say that choices can be vetoed. Yeah, I think. I'm yeah. just, I'm, I'm just honestly, I'm throwing that out there. If you guys ever want to veto one of my choices, I'm happy for you too. I, I I'm not fucking watching video drone. I will watch anything. So watch yours, Becky. Which choice? I can't remember now. What did I say? Greece too. That was it. Yeah. Sorry, what was yours, Mark? I haven't done mine yet. So, but your, what yours is getting into? Another sky. Another sky. Right, I'm going to go for the Nick Cage and David Caruso movie, Kiss of Death. Fucking hell. All right, then. What? What? You pick some weird stuff. I love you. Uh, what are we covering next week, Ian? Right, we've got Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Fucking hell, do we? Like, genuinely, is that out on Friday? Yep. Wow. <laughs> yep. I completely fucking forgot about that film. Yep. yep. We'll catch up on Pig. Um, And I think that's probably it. Um, I'll probably go see Annette, but I'm not going to ask you guys to. I don't think we're... we're, 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 we're... I'm, I, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to Annette. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see cool. if it's actually playing though. It doesn't look good. So we'll have a little look. Listings for my Cineworld aren't up yet. It's yeah, play- listings for up yet. It's playing the Everyman. It's playing Chapter here. So I've got options. So I'll, I'll go see Annette. Right. We'll, we'll, I, we'll, we'll, we'll Annette, get to it. Pig and Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Yes. I need a P. I did all the preamble before I go. So thank you much for listening, guys. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com.